about three months ago, towards the end of 2022, James Gunn and Peter Safran were appointed heads of the newly established DC Universe, which they were tasked with charting a course for the next decade's worth of DC film and television storytelling. On January 31st, the birthday of the great Grant Morrison, James Gunn made the announcement of what we now know as a piece of chapter one of the story of the DCU on film, television, and as we now know, many other places. This was massive. This was a a six-minute video that James Gunn put out that I think everybody on Earth has seen by now. But there's more. There's more. There's so much. And we are excited to talk about it here today on the show. Sort of excited. Uh, I, I wanted to go live. I've been wanting to go live every day to talk about this. Like It's, it's so exciting, the things that are happening. Uh, and so we're going to dive into it. I can't wait to hear what everybody thinks yeah, because Jones and dude collectively, we really haven't even talked about it. So no. like we, we, we've danced around it on, on discord with everybody else, but we really haven't, uh, dove in too much. So we're going to be talking about all that. Uh, I think there's a lot of information that a lot of people don't have, um, because there was a press conference that was held. And so if you don't really read the news, on these websites, and you, you likely don't know everything. There's so much more that's out there. So uh, the gang's all here. We're going to dive into all that here in just a moment. Uh, I do want to introduce the pals. Kale. Kale's What's here. up, hot dog? We got Marco. Here. Tyler. Hi. My little guy wanted to say hello at the same time. Put that away. Okay. Hey, put that away. That'll be not fun a, for the audio. Not listeners. a stream. Uh, and I'm Sean, and we're the Comics Pals. Hey, Sean. Hey, and we've got a big announcement to make. Big, big announcement. Uh-oh. Yeah. So the other day on Discord, I was uh, I was fishing <laughs> for some uh, I was fishing for some answers as to what books I should read be reading by one Kelly Thompson, and the reason is because we're going to be interviewing Kelly Thompson. Yes, Kelly Thompson wow. is joining the Comics Pals next week, February 11th. We're doing a special start time for this. It's very important. We're doing a special start time at 1 p.m. Eastern. Our show's very early. We're insane, but it's the East Coast, so it's only 10 a.m. Yeah. And when we have West Coast guests on, like we had Jeff Johns, it was 7 a.m. Dude, you know? dude had to drink uh, drink some soda in the morning to, to yes. work up. Yeah. Poor and guy. so uh, we won't be, you know, treating Kelly Thompson that way. <laughs> We're going to adjust ourselves for Kelly. So we'll be doing the show at 1 p.m. That's when the interview will be up and all that will be, we'll be live on Twitch, YouTube, where you guys know us. Just different start time. And we'll be talking to Kelly about Black Cloak. We'll be talking about the uh, Black Widow series that she did. 
and uh, whatever else we can get to. It's going to be a good one. Gambit. All of our Rogan Gambit stuff. Good stuff. Oh, I never read Rogan Gambit. Oh, Mr. and Mrs. X, Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, her Hawkeye run, her Kate Bishop Hawkeye. Definitive run for the character. The character's only been around two years. Like, that's not that big. I feel like her young, like, Kate Bishop really came into her own as, like, her voice with Kelly Thompson. It was also Leon, uh, Leonardo Fernandez. Uh, Leonardo Fernandez? Yeah, uh, Art, yeah Fernandez. Romero? Yeah. Romero. You're right. Kelly, you're right. So yeah, Kelly Thompson. Yeah, I'm a fan. Next week, the 11th. Uh, other than Tyler and I, Tail Marco, have you guys read much? Kelly Thompson. I've read bits and pieces. Uh, Murphy recommends Gem and the Holograms all the time, mm-hmm. and I made the mistake of picking up that book. Um, but I it's haven't. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, I haven't done a ton knowingly since then i don't uh, think i'm excited to get into black cloak kel kel why, why are you taking recommendations from that guy listen his, his brain's there's rotting a, at this point it's it's rotted but it's rotted <laughs> in the direction of story and Fair. the problem is the problem is like that man knows the story he just doesn't know anything else <laughs> hilarious uh i think i might have read some captain marvel stuff Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, mm-hmm. was it with because uh, I know Tamara Bonville um, Bon Beyond was the colorist on some of it, but other than that, that's all I know. In my mind, when I think of Tamara Bonville's name, I think of her as Bond villain. Yeah, <laughs> bon and Vion. I like it. I just like it. I always hear it as like Bon Vion, even though yeah, I, same. I, like, bon but Vion. I also pronounce chandelier as chandelier. So, oh my god. <laughs> it's just me. No, you don't. Chandelier? I mean, I'm pretty sure Kale does too. That didn't even remotely I've, roll off the tongue. I've lived in France, so I don't know where you get off. <laughs> I think Fucking I think, American. I think Paul F. Tompkins as Andrew Lloyd Webber pronounces Chandelier Chandelier true, because yeah. of Phantom That's of the Opera. True. And it's just imprinted <laughs> yeah. into me. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh so, yeah, we've got Kelly Thompson on the 11th of February, 1 p.m. Don't miss it. We want your guys' full support on this. And if you have questions, definitely shoot them our way. Obviously, you can always leave them in the live chat. But we love to come in with questions from you guys loaded because sometimes when we do interviews, live chats are moving. It's difficult for us to focus on that. So if we know what you guys want us to ask ahead of time, we can curate that, get that where it needs to be. And make sure we ask those questions. If you're a member of Patreon and you've got a question, send that to us directly. Use the Patreon chat on Discord. Tag us. We will make it our responsibility to get that question asked. Um, So, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Now, before we get into everything else, which we've got a lot to talk about, we're obviously going to talk all about the new uh, gun regime, the gun verse, if you will, which James Gunn is at. It's not the gun verse. I beg to differ. But we'll be talking about all that. We've got some 5G files for you. Everybody's favorite. Got some X-Men news, too. This is not a DC-only podcast, okay? As much as it might seem that way some weeks. Talk about other things. DC so. and the X-Men. 
Yeah. Yes. I wouldn't even consider it a Marvel podcast. It's specifically an X-Men at <laughs> yeah. most points. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love Marvel. Hulk, you know? This is more of a DC podcast than a Marvel podcast. I don't know. It is what it is. Not even our call, Sean, because I think you and I would go you know, elsewhere. But... Yeah. Oh, well, I wouldn't go elsewhere. Jeez. I don't want anybody to go elsewhere. In fact, I want you guys to stay right here. And I want you guys to check out everything we're doing. Which you can do by checking us out on patreon.com slash the comics pals, where for as little as three dollars a month, you can support your boys. You get access to our newsletter, which according to Atomic Hound, I think it was, is awesome. Marco Marco's yeah. newsletter this week, Atomic Hound really enjoyed. So that's awesome. Not the only one. Le, Le Strange on uh on Discord. We had a good back and forth for anybody who is interested. It's all about marketing and comics, and I, that lives pretty close to home for me. So Go check it out. Marco doing actual work yeah, for the for the Patreon. I, just I like that. Yes, sir. <laughs> I like that. That's good stuff. How come you don't do that kind of reporting over here? Hmm? <laughs> what, what are you talking about? We need like a breaking Marco news. We've been That's trying to get you to do a numbers segment for years. Yeah. <laughs> Where's it at? We've given you the you material. Know, no, no, no. You, you know where it is? It's on Patreon. Uh, paywalled it. Of course, Real. the numbers gets paywalled. Obviously. Unreal. Yeah. Uh, you can also get access to our exclusive show, Palling Around. You get to vote in the book clubs. We just recently did uh, Black, Black Sad. Sad. Thank you, Black Sad, which was voted by the listeners. That is uh, going to be out, or yeah, it's going to be out this Tuesday. For Patreon subscribers, you get it a week early, though. So yeah. it's already available Woo. for them. Yeah, give that a listen. Give that a give that a bump. Read Black Sad too if you haven't. Uh, it's uh, I think Kale said it best. It's a great comic, especially if you are a traditionally Western comic book reader and you're looking for a way in, um, because it has that noir, you know, very we can relate to that style of story. And the art is just bonkers. The art is so good. It's also good if you're like really big into like European erotic furry art. Boy, that was a, that was that was a reach. It, it, no, it's, it's not. not. It's, it's like not a reach. One, there's like one panel. Hey. No, no. Read the book. <laughs> Why are you telling Marco to read the book? <laughs> Trust re- me. I reread it, Marco. I know you hosted the show. Re- read, read the read book, it. Marco. <laughs> I, I, you know, you're right. You're right. I didn't. I didn't. I just bullshit my way through it. Wow. Dan, it's tasteful. Don't worry. <laughs> well, we're actually, uh, as you guys know, because we, we talk about it every single week, uh, $10 or more uh, tier on Patreon gets you a nickname on a shout out on the show. And today we are actually adding two superhero or supervillain nicknames and origins to our little uh pals verse if you will so i want to say thank you to thunderstruck rebecca alejandro the night stalker harris najinsky brian demolisher del pozo random rocio kefis the incorruptible the great destroyer hyper viper 89 momentum mike elliott starcross catherine stars the ultimate fighter snake of talons and joining the pals verse, I wish we had a smash uh, uh, teaser thing going, oh, but uh, that's okay. It's doable. Next time it's doable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are joining the pals verse is Diamond Dustin Whitley. Diamond. So 
Diamond Dustin Whitley. Why the face, Kale? Isn't that the name of Screech? It's Dustin Diamond. <laughs> Dustin Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> accidentally did that, Sean. Yeah. That's right. Is his power getting shoved into a locker? No, okay. Tyler. Jeez. I don't know. Or shoving people into a locker. It could be like a villain power. Well, Diamond's actually Diamond's actually got an interesting uh, power situation going on because you know the world, the Palsverse, the world we've been establishing, it's kind of a dark place. It's got like night stalkers and things like that. Like, there's a lot of weird yeah, stuff going on. Yeah, and you know, you know, you never quite know what's working uh, lurking around the corner. And so, Diamond, if you can picture the way that Emma Frost can turn her body into Diamond, oh, uh, I can picture it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, Dustin, Dustin can do that. But the difference is that that ability on Dustin's part, yes, it's a way to take on a diamond form and become really powerful to protect his allies. But it's also a way to protect his heart because Diamond, Dustin Diamond is actually a tremendously warm and good person, a, a kind heart that doesn't really fit living in. And so... Diamond could put the shield around themselves to protect their heart and their allies as we chart this path forward in the Palsverse. So thank you so much for being that. that. I'm glad that power wasn't uh, that he had the power to be a conservative uh, radio host that died of COVID uh, because that would be uh, hard. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Yo, you just took I I don't even know. Wow. That was Google. it. Yeah. I mean, Kale got it. Google it. I'm doing the show. Uh, Google it later. Google it. No, do it right now. <laughs> oh, man. All right. And then next up, we've got the Hound of Justice. Atomic Ooh. Hound. So, no, Atomic Hound is not a dog. But what the Hound of Justice does have is a heightened sense of justice. A sense of justice that takes them across the ends of the earth maybe even beyond the earth in order to seek out and root out evil wherever they might find it. Now, they might not be the most powerful of the heroes and villains that are in the Palsverse, but when you've got a nose for justice, like the Hound of Justice does, evil can't run, can't hide, because justice is always around the corner. So thank you, Hound of Justice. Kale, is that... The power of the character in It's Always Sunny that they make for a script. Oh, I don't know about that. Where <laughs> they show full on, full on penetration. He's like this this detective what? who's like just a nose and he sniffs out crime. What? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure what? that is that. But, you know. I was going to say uh, it sounds like a, an Astro City character from the perspective oh, does, of, yeah. a, of a, a robber. He, you know, a bank robber that does just the smallest convenience store robbery and yeah. the Atomic Hound chases him down through to the ends of the earth. Does Atomic Hound have the ability to shapeshift into a hound to sniff out this justice? Sure. Or is it just human nose that's strong? Or is it even a scent? Is it more of a spider sense? I, I was thinking it's like a it's like a spider sense, sense yeah, for yeah. justice. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not just Columbia. like a like a double dare giant nose sort of situation. 
Atomic Hound says, Hound of Justice, the Columbo of the Palsverse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Damn. I love it. Atomic Hound. I if, love you like, it. if you like Columbo, watch Poker Face on, on the cock right now. Really, really good stuff. I got to get on that. Uh, Ulysses, I love that every time we mention 5G, you're like 5G LFG. I, I appreciate the, the passion <laughs> for the 5G. It's a nice ring to it. We've all got a passion for DC, and let's face it, that's why we're here right now. You guys want to hear us talk about James Gunn and Peter Safran's DC, so let's not waste any more time. Discord, YouTube, uh, Patreon, uh, Twitch, Twitch and YouTube, live, 10, 15 a.m. every single Saturday, and Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern for Palace Bulls. Let's talk DC. Here we go. On January 31st, like I said, we got the video from James Gunn on Twitter. So, again, announcements coming from Twitter. Not my favorite, but this is a little different. It's a video, and this this gave us, you know, so much of what we're looking at. So, James Gunn said up front that DC's projects are going to be united across movies, television, animation, and gaming. Uh, each of them are going to play a larger part of the DCU. They're going to be telling stories within that world. So if you're playing a Batman game, that that Batman that is in that game is the same Batman as the DCU's Batman. Is that Robert Pattinson? We'll talk about that. Um, so, yeah, that is wild. If you're watching a, an animated movie from DC, whatever characters are there, those are going to be characters that you're going to see in the wider DCU. And what happens in those animated movies matters to the rest of the story. It's going to be interesting to, to like hear just consistency across the board of, oh, yeah, there's you know X person, whoever plays Batman or plays Superman, and you get to see them in those separate properties. And you're just that, that familiarity, uh, I think, is really strong. Yeah, absolutely. Now. There will be sub projects that don't fit that bill, uh, and those will be labeled Elseworlds. So they're using the Elseworlds branding uh, for these different projects, like uh, Todd Phillips' Joker, Matt Reeves' The Batman. Um, they're going to be Elseworlds. They are Elseworlds titles. So they're not you. They're outside of it, and I assume the way that it was said – these will be branded in such a way that it'll be very clear to audiences that they're a different thing. In fact, uh, Peter Safran and James Gunn were pretty bullish about the idea that everything is going to be very clear. Audience confusion was something they specifically talked about um, and limiting that. So we'll see how good of a job they do. Real quick, on the subject of Matt Reeves, the Batman, we actually got... Uh, this kind of got buried because, you know, there's bigger things at play, but uh, it did get a release date and a title. Uh, so it's The Batman Part 2, October 3rd, 2025. Nice. Nice. Not wow. much really else to say. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's not its own segment. Riveting. Yeah. Any other week, we have to make something out of that. But this week, we don't. <laughs> Gotta um, stress that. Yeah, it has to be something. So... Uh, James Gunn talked about it's an eight to ten year plan. He talked about how what we 
have seen so far, what he's shown us represents only about the first half of the initial chapter that James Gunn and the Brain Trust have put together. Uh, That chapter is called Gods and Monsters. So it's a piece of the first chapter. This is called Gods and Monsters. And I guess if you look at the slate, you can kind of see why. At least what we have access to right now. Um, But I think we'll probably have a better understanding later. I mentioned a brain trust. Did you guys all know about the brain trust? Dumb of it. No idea. Uh, nope. I, yeah, because nope. I feel like they did not. He didn't talk about this up front. And yeah, that one so away. the brain trust is a collection of writers, some of whom are directly working on projects that DC's doing, but some who aren't. And these are the people who helped James Gunn put this whole thing together. So including James Gunn, of course. Also, Tom King. Yep. Which makes a lot of sense now. Uh, Jeremy Slater, who worked on Moon Knight, the Moon Knight television show. Uh, Christina Hodson, who wrote The Flash. Crystal Henry, who wrote for the Watchmen television show. And Drew Goddard, who has worked on everything. But I think at this point, most people know Drew from Daredevil, Hmm. Um, the TV show. So that's the brain trust. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Uh, What's her name? Crystal Henry, you said? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good guy because that Watchmen show. Yeah. Arguably the my favorite superhero show of all time. Yeah. If you can even call it that, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, this is a strong group. Uh, Crystal Henry, I I think, is already at work on the Waller show. Wow. Um, so, but but Crystal and Kit and uh and Gun and King are the only ones who have projects that we know of are actively in the works. Um, obviously James Gunn is writing the Superman uh movie. We already knew that. Um, but King is also working on one of the projects that we're going to be talking about here in a moment. So what are these projects? Let's talk about them. And it's a very James Gunn slate. Very James Gunn slate. Mm -hmm. Very eclectic, very quirky. And I know that that's going to please a lot of people. We'll talk about it. Tyler's pointing to himself. He loves it. Start start with the most important announcement. No, nope, uh, that's going to be towards the end, Marco. You no, got no, it. No, 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 no. Definitely start with the most important one. Marco, Creature Commandos. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the first project that they announced. Creature Commandos. You come to a James Gunn video on January 31st, Grant Morrison's birthday, and you come to talk about Creature Commandos. Okay, James Gunn. Okay, that's how you kick things off with Creature Commandos. Honestly. That fits Grant Morrison's birthday, in my opinion. It actually does. Yeah. It actually does. Uh, so Creature Commandos is an animated series. James Gunn wrote all seven episodes. Uh, characters from this show will also appear in other things, particularly with these with this crop. They will appear in Waller. And that's where that synergy starts mm. to come in. So specifically with Creature Commandos, voiced and acted largely by the same cast of, of, of actors who will physically play them whenever they appear elsewhere, which includes Waller, which is a direct follow-up to this. 
it'll be crazy to see Junkyard Joe play the character uh, in the background over there and see him live action. That's a GI Junk robot. Junkyard Joe is going to play. Mm -hmm. the, mm. the man who is Junkyard Joe is going to play the cartoon Junkyard Joe. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. okay. Got it. Got it. I smell a right. bit here, but I can't quite tell where it is. Hound of Justice, like where old, are you? <laughs> old, old familiar bit. Smells like Phil. <laughs> oh, no. That didn't land. Do, do you guys have any familiarity uh, yeah. <laughs> with the creature commandos? No idea. Very little. Very little. Like, I, I, the only people I can tell is Weasel and Frankenstein. That's all I know. Yeah. You, you can't take a take a swing at who the female character is there. <laughs> well, I don't know her. Sure, yeah. I mean, the uh, wife? Sh is it Sean the bride Gunn of Frankenstein? James Gunn making sure his brother eats well, already casting him in something. Yeah. Uh, with Weasel making an appearance here. I wish James Gunn was my brother. Right? Me too. For real. Yeah. Well, so here's so here are the characters. Um, so and and the idea is that Amanda Waller creates a Suicide Squad esque team of monster characters featuring Rick Flag Senior. So okay, uh, Nina Mazursky, mm -hmm. Doctor Phosphorus, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, GI Robot, and Weasel. So very weird group of characters. Uh, James Gunn said that this would have cost the studio thirty-five to forty million dollars an episode if they did it live action. So they went animated, which makes, makes a lot of sense. Cowards. Um, and then. The concept art and what we've seen so far, which is very little, looks like it's pulling from Jeff Lemire's uh, Frankenstein Agents of Shade from the New 52. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Which I believe was also sort of inspired by Grant Morrison's Seven Soldiers of Victory. Yep. So that's how it all goes oh. back to Grant. Yeah, I think, uh, did Grant create this iteration of Frankenstein? Yes. Yeah. yeah I, believe, I believe that's what I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the first announcement um, up front, you know, weird, but no reason why it can't be good. I mean, yeah. I mean, look at the success of Invincible or the success of uh, of Harley or or um, what's the, the animated stuff for the most part is fairly successful. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think it's you know, that's not unreasonable to say. Yeah, and they have a platform for it. So why not? Yeah. Even Velma, as much as people hate it, is doing very well. <laughs> The uh, yeah, people hate watching the uh, uh -huh. Atomic Hound asks, is this a prequel or prelude? You think uh, it is a table setter in the sense that it's sort of establishing like and, and, and Peter Safran directly talked about this. The first two projects lead into and establish the sort of world that we're dealing with. And then the first film, which is Superman, uh is where things really kick off. But having the knowledge of Creature Commandos and Waller takes you nicely into Superman and everything that comes in. It's also setting that gods and monsters theme, too, right off the bat. Right. Mm, yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, we also got a question in uh, Discord uh, from To Plan 3 Kingdom. Is this in World War II? Do we I know? So. I didn't see anything about it being in World War II. Um... And I, I want to say they said that this was a contemporary story. So I don't think it takes place in the past at all. But I could be wrong about that one. I don't have a note for that. Um, up next is Waller. 
So Waller is going to be a live action television series. It's going to feature Viola Davis and the Peacemaker team. So the actors from Peacemaker um, and some of the actors and characters from Creature Commandos. So Waller is where is where all that's going to kind of come together. Um, no word on Peacemaker season two, which is interesting. Um, also, I think Waller was already in the works because I don't know if you guys remember this, but back when Peacemaker came out and it was so hot, they were saying that there was another character from the that they were going to take and spin off. They just mm. didn't say who it was. And now we're getting a Waller show. Mm, Sean, okay. I read somewhere that this is in between Peacemaker seasons. Yeah. Cool. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That's just what I figured, but yeah, I'm yeah, glad I to think hear I, that. I think I saw that it was on indefinite hiatus, but the Peacemaker team, I, the team in Peacemaker will be in Waller is what is my understanding. Yeah, this, this feels like the book of Boba Fett to Peacemaker's Mandalorian for you Star Wars nerds out there. Wow. I hope it's not the book of Boba Fett. At least it'll have a slapping theme, you know, like that, that book of Boba Fett theme is... Well, you know, he's got a great theme, Superman. And Superman's also got a legacy, big legacy. And that's what's going to be tackled in Superman Legacy, which is the name of the James Gunn scribe and film that's going to be, quote, the true beginning of the DCU. Uh, it's worth noting that promoting this book, they directly used images from All-Star Superman. Again, Grant Morrison, that beautiful Frank Quitely art. Um, this is where it all. This is where it all starts. If this movie doesn't do it, then that's it. But I don't think that James Gunn is going to miss on a Superman movie. I I don't think he's going to miss, and the fact that he's using this as promo image means this sets an expectation. This sets like a bar, you know. And if he's announcing that, then he has to have confidence in it. And also, like, this smells like, oh, this guy knows his comic books, too. Because All-Star Superman is pretty much universally considered, like, the go-to modern superhero Superman story. Um, like, when someone's like, hey, I, you know, I want to get Superman. What do I read? It's usually this that people point to. Yeah. <laughs> Someone in the comment. Oh, Jose in the comments. Thank you for commenting. Morrison pulling the strings. <laughs> I love the idea that that Grant is somewhere in a cave, just manifesting, Summoning just playing shit. with the chaos magic, just making things happen behind the scenes, and they're just loving it. They're sitting on their pile of money with the smoke surrounding them. Just making things happen. I love it. Both both Grant and Alan Moore are just praying to the snake gods. Well, they're praying Al for different things. Yeah, Alan, no, Moore's <laughs> Alan Moore is praying for the end of it all, and Grant is not. <laughs> cash it. Cash did, it. Did you realize that Gods and Monsters, actually, if you take those letters in it, it spells GM. Uh, Grant Morrison? There you go. Wait, what? I, you can try. Marco. I, I hey, Ma hey, Marco. <laughs> Why was that so crazy? <laughs> Wait, Superman Legacy? No. 
right. Hey, let's talk about what? this book. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I missed exactly okay, so what Grant, I was reading. So Grant Morrison, GM, right? Gods and Monsters, GM. Oh, oh. Yeah. No, actually, if we take all the letters in Gods and Monsters and rearrange them, it spells Grant Morrison. Liar. Give it a shot, Marco. We'll, we'll Marco. see you in 15 minutes. No, no, no. no. Yeah. It has a D already. I, you can't. <laughs> I, I love that bit. I wish that had worked better. Um, <laughs> I, I wish he had gone for that. Uh, so it's going to focus on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. James Gunn said that it, um, well, on the subject of, you know, who's not cast, we don't know who's playing Superman, but we know who's not. And that's Henry Cavill. And on that, James Gunn said, uh, it's also important to say that Henry Cavill was not fired. Henry was just not hired to be Superman in the Superman movie. There was never a deal there for another movie, and that's not what it was. Gunn also talked about how he felt like Henry Cavill had been fucked over and dicked around by people behind the scenes, um, which we've all said we agree with. I don't think James Gunn was talking out of turn with that. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of people suggesting, oh, that means that, you know, whatever they do, whatever they get around to it, they'll bring Henry Cavill back and he'll be Superman again. And that ain't happening. That's not going to happen. I've never been more clear on that. Yeah, maybe we'll get like a maybe they'll figure out a way to do like the crime syndicate or something. But as the core Superman, it ain't Henry Cavill. And it never will be. We're never getting that. Let, let him play with his Warhammers and, and make a Warhammer movie. So, Hey, someone has to. That's awesome. Yeah. The next announcement was a Lanterns television show. It's going to feature Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. Others as well, but those are the ones that it's focusing on. It's terrestrial based, and it's going to follow them as they uncover a mystery that ties into the larger... DCU story, some kind of horrific revelation. Um, it seems like whatever the big bad is for the DCU is going to be discovered here. That's the vibe I got. Terrestrial base yeah. on Earth. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Interestingly, they used Gabriel Hardman's art from the Earth One books, uh, which yes, Gabriel Hardman uh, does a lot of storyboarding for film. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, as far as I know, he had no idea this was happening because he tweeted about it. <laughs> well, Hardman was like, uh, "Hey, you know, I I do this. Yeah. Call me. Look, yep. you know, I, we can. <laughs> I can do. I can come on board." So, with, and with, to which they should one hundred percent get Gabriel Hardman. Yeah. Um, I, I, I yeah. My question is, John Stewart have a yellow ring in this image? Yes. Interesting. I, that I, I that's what it looks like. Yeah. And this is very specifically Earth One. Uh, 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 Green Lantern, which was told by Gabriel Hardman and his former wife, uh, Karina Becco. And I haven't read that, but I, I'm assuming based on that, that maybe John's got a journey, um, that might take him through the Yellow Lantern ring. Huh. In that Um, book, though, Kilowog and Sinestro do show up, so. Yeah, so that should be really good. That should be really good. Uh, the and I don't know if you guys have watched this, but they mentioned they 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 kept name dropping True Detective as inspiration for this. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And That's True Detective cool. season one is good TV. Insanely good. Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yep. Season three too. I liked it. Never saw it. Me neither. Mm. Me neither. 
so yeah, this is this is this is hype. Um, very very exciting. And and this is live action. Mm-hmm. This is live action. Notably, a Lanterns television show of a similar style was already in the works. Right. Um, they were going to do the. It was Greg Berlanti's big idea for a Green Lantern show that was going to be like taking place in three different timelines and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's not happening. This is different than that. Streamlined, it seems like. But I love the idea that Green Lantern still stayed a fixture, although I really, really wish they were doing a movie. The, think- with with Berlanti's Lanterns project being canceled, um, that ends the Berlanti verse there. I think yes. that means that's the only thing that was still planned. Right. Which is a and, long running thing. And yet Berlanti had just recently, within I don't know, the last year or so, re-upped the contract. Yeah. They have they have Greg Berlanti, you know, as a creator in their stable and nothing to do with him at the moment. Before James Gunn was announced as the creative lead, like the rumor was Berlanti for a bit. Yep. At least for a week. I mean that the, the news there was rapid, so Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to take this moment to say if you are not subscribed, if you are not subbed to us on YouTube, if you're not following us on Twitch, if you feel like you want to gift us a sub, anything like that, please do. It's free to do on YouTube. On uh, Twitch, it costs you a little bit. Unless you've got an Amazon Prime uh, account, Twitch Prime, which you can do for free. So thank you to anybody who chooses to do that. Rolling right along. They announced something that I I absolutely did not see coming. If you had this on your uh, uh Sheet or whatever. Props to you. They announced an authority movie. Not only announced, James Gunn was excited to it. Hyped. Yeah. Hyped. And you want to know what else? Not only was James Gunn hyped, James Gunn got me hyped. Yes. I don't know shit about the authority. Okay. Sean. I know. I've all people have always told me this is a huge gap. It's a huge gap. But the way that James Gunn talked about the authority and the connections that he was making, it just sold me. He basically talked about the fact that in this DCU that they're building, it will not always be about objectively good and objectively bad people who are doing good for goodness sake or bad for badness sake. He talked about how there will be white hats and there will be black hats, but there will also be gray hats. And it seems like the authority kind of fits in that space where the authority are are a superhero team who do what they feel is absolutely necessary. It's justice. Absolute with no morality. That's going to come in between what's right and what's wrong. So it's Superman to the extreme, you might say, and it appears like they're heightening Superman's importance and the importance of the true heroes by having the authority exist. I love that. It, it's I a, love that. It's a great foil to Superman. Yeah. Um, I read this late in my comics reading. Uh, I was I was told to read it by, you know, Matt, friend of the show, Matt, constantly for years, but I just wasn't a big Brian Hitch fan. And I finally mm. read it like two or three years ago. Dude, it's good. It's good, Warren Ellis. Oh. It's Warren Ellis? Warren Ellis, Brian Hitch, the first volume, yeah. There's a Mark nice. Millar volume, too, as well. So, Ooh, with um, uh, Quietly on art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. This is like if The Boys was smart, <laughs> in a way. Like, that kind huh. of, that kind of, like, gray area sort of thing. <laughs> That's a good sell. 
not a total knock on the boys. Like the boys has its appeal. Yeah, Authority is sold out, and I was pissed because I want to get a copy. We're going to talk about how this influenced comics later, but um, yeah, I I got to get my hands on the Authority now because I'm hyped. This it's, is cool. I, I it's yeah. I have a fan casting, so uh, um, uh, the um, oh geez, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, uh, Harkness. Um, there's a guy who can speak to uh, cities. Uh, in the Marvel, uh, the DC universe, and he's on this team. Oh, uh, we uh, black something? What is it? No, his name is Jack Hawksmore. Isn't... That's who it is. His oh, name that's is. right. Um, so I did research oh, right. on, on who, sh- who should play. Yeah. Him. So Hawksmore's big thing is, and I'm leaning into the bit heavy here. Um, he doesn't wear shoes, so he can feel the ground beneath him. So I did research on who in acting has the prettiest feet, according to menswikifeet.com. Mm. There it is. Um, and it's Will Poulter, apparently. Who's that? The guy playing Adam Warlock. So, Sean, how well, do you like we... this bit? You a fan of this one? Listen, <laughs> don't I ever t- get I on totally this podcast. Fucked up my algorithms too, doing this bit. Uh, of yeah, course yeah, you yeah. did. You, you don't, don't, don't lie. I'm not on don't men's lie. feet. Don't lie. Your <laughs> algorithm is full of feet. If I it's open not, dude. TikTok, Instagram. <laughs> I'm sure a big old foot, a big stepper, is the first thing I'm going to see. So do not lie on this podcast. That's number one. Number two, do not get on this podcast and try to talk to me about (laughs) men's feet. You think they're going to cast Will Poulter as Jack Hawksmore because of his foot size? Are you bugging out? Out of actors voted best feet of 2022. I'm just saying. Who the fuck is voting for something like that? How much time? How sick are you? How sick are you? You're voting for best male feet? I'm not voting. I did not vote. Yes, you did. You know I you did. Vote. I didn't vote. You know you voted. If Maybe I was, if I had my own account, I declined. would have voted for myself. But. Jesus Christ. Dan's right. This is why you're not in charge of casting films. You're going to cast based on foot size. That's why I, I, I write instead. Do you, I mean, do you do you write based on feet? I would I, hate to I see. with my feet. <laughs> oh, my God. Handwriting's horrible. Oh my well, god! Foot right. True. Yeah. Uh, Jose in the YouTube chat asks, uh, "But is this the Wildstorm lineup or the current lineup?" It is. We don't. Do we, do we know that? It. I believe it's the Wildstorm one. Every every promotional image is from first vo- the first volume. Um, right. So okay. it wouldn't be so. the the modern one with like Manchester Black and Superman and all that. It's it's not that. Um, and I don't even think it's more the later Wildstorm teams where like Grifter joins it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. It's pretty much, well, you know, Midnighter, Apollo, Hawksmore, all those people. Hold on, because you mentioned Superman. And James Gunn kept mentioning Superman alongside the authority. Sure. So I'm not convinced that Superman will not be in this movie. In fact, I'm more confident he will be in this movie. I wouldn't be surprised if this, the authority, is what teaches Superman that, yes, the world does need a team of superheroes, but not them. Like the opposite of, of Black Adam. Something like something like that. Because mm. doesn't Superman fight the elite? Isn't that a similar... Is, is there something to that? These, like these, maybe they could play that role? I don't think these ever really crossed over um, directly that often. You know? Um, yeah, I'm talking... But isn't there a book, Superman versus the elite? Is it, that's an animated... 
Oh, is it an animated? animated one that takes yeah. uh, the the Manchester Black stuff, right? I think so. Yeah. I I think I'm sniffing what James Gunn is uh, is is cooking here. I feel like Superman's gonna be in this movie. Well, mm. I, I think Superman, the idea of Superman needs to exist because then it shows these guys as being the gray area. There needs to be that that shining light as an example to show these guys will do what he's not willing to do. You know, I wouldn't right. be surprised if he's more more like mentioned. I don't really see him needing to actively be involved. We shall see. Up next is a television series called Paradise Lost. This is going to tell the story of Themyscira. James Gunn specifically refers to it as Paradise Island, Paradise Lost. Um, it's going to be a Game, Throne, a Game of Thrones-esque story. James Gunn said the following about it, quote, this is a Game of Thrones type story about the atmosphere of Paradise Island, home of the Amazons and the birthplace of Wonder Woman. And this involves all the darkness and drama and political intrigue behind this society of only women. It's an origin story of how did this society of women come about? What does it mean? What are their politics like? What are their rules? Who's in charge? What are all the games they that they play with each other that get to the top? I think it's really exciting. This is interesting. It's a different take, and I think they're trying to capitalize on the fact that you know high fantasy is like really popular. Uh, HBO's continued with the second set of Game of Thrones continuation, and so it makes sense to be able to to want to to jump in on that. But I think for you to because the the pillars that have been announced don't include Wonder Woman. I think this is a good way to see that growth in a very isolated in like a very isolated place, similar to the fact that she will be isolated. She is separate from the rest of the DC universe. And I think that plays really well thematically until she gets revealed uh, later down the line, whenever that is. I could see that. Um, I, it's not that I'm opposed to this idea. I think, I think a game of Thrones esque, show about what James Gunn laid out could be very interesting. Hmm. I just want Wonder Woman and I don't feel like she's in this. I get the feeling that that is going to go down and I don't love that. I hope she's not in this. Um, I don't want this to be Gotham for Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, we're going to we're going to be like, you know, showing off you know, the world and, and kind of world build what Themyscira is and what the Amazons are. Um, but we can't help ourselves. So we got to put Batman in this. We're like Wonder Woman in this case. So I kind of hope they just stick to it just being about maybe like Nubia, showcase Nubia, showcase, you know, uh, Hippolyta, maybe even like the actual gods involved here, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know. I would like them to introduce her in it. I, I think... I don't think it's it's the same if you don't. How do you introduce Wonder Woman on a TV show? As a kid? Yeah. It depends on which origin they go with, too. If they go with, like, if the final episode of the final season is uh, Hippolyta forming clay, then, like, all right. Nah, that would be whack. <laughs> you just don't like Wonder Woman's origin. Got it. Uh, I like uh, 
the what is it uh, azarello stuff I like, yeah that's what i like i like yeah. the real the god stuff you know yeah yeah i mean if if that's the path that they go down i i like that a lot i feel like we still haven't gotten just just raw wonder woman and and it's frustrating like i know, I know where a place where you can get that oh my god what is wrong with you <laughs> Talk to me after the show. Uh, so, so I feel like I feel like you know, in in the first Wonder Woman, you know, she's in. I mean, no, but in both, she's in the past. We haven't gotten modern Wonder Woman, you know, just doing what Wonder Woman does: saving people, being happy, um, being cool, being a badass, being a diplomat. Where is that? Like, why is it taking so long to just get that? Even the Snyder stuff was just like, oh, she's like a Bond girl, you know, like I kind of diminished who she was. I don't know if I'll go that far. I mean, I guess in Batman versus Robin or Batman versus Superman, I guess you could make that argument. But she also was like, what? No, you cannot make that. She beat the shit out of out of um, uh, Doomsday. Bond Bond women don't beat ass. To be fair, to be fair, I don't remember that movie. (laughs) That doesn't surprise me, but I've seen that movie more than most people. Um, yeah, so that that's the announcement. Um, to answer the question of Atomic Hound, uh, what comics will this be based on? Um, we know that it's going to be based, or we don't know, but there is a Paradise Lost. I think it's like two issues. Yeah. Um, and we know about that. But outside of that, it's anybody's... Uh, anybody's guess maybe the maybe the uh wonder woman historia stuff because that does show the first maybe. issue does show the history of the amazons how they broke away from man's world rejected the gods and did their own thing so i, I can see that um moving on brave and the bold was announced and this one shocked me this one was weird so when you think of brave and the bold i don't know i i think of I think of like Batman and Superman, or you know, the animated TV show, the animated the TV show, cartoon, right? Yeah. 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 Well, uh, so good, so good. James Gunn is 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 bringing Batman and Robin to Brave and the Bold, and not just any Robin, Damian Wayne Robin. Good. Mm. Mm. Remember the tweet when James Gunn was like, oh, some light reading or whatever, and it was... Morrison Omnibody. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we see now why. Gunn talked about how Damian Wayne is his favorite Robin and that uh, Damian hasn't gotten his due yet and that now he will. Um, uh, He specifically said this is based on Grant Morrison's comic book run. That is a direct quote. Now, I don't quite know how you get you know, uh, Batman and, and Robin the way it was in the book on the big screen right away, especially because in that book, it wasn't Bruce. It was uh, it was Dick. This is definitely not Dick Grayson, by the way. I saw a lot of yeah. people saying like, oh, maybe it's Dick Grayson. It's not Dick Grayson. It's 100% Bruce Wayne. Um. Uh, Peter Safran said this is the beginning of the Bat family in the DCU and this is obviously a feature film and it's going to feature other members of the extended Bat family 
just because we feel like they've been left out of the Batman stories in the theater for far too long. Hmm. So if you read between the lines, what he's saying is this is a way to have everybody. Presumably Nightwing already exists. Presumably Jason Todd already exists and everything we know about their history has already come to pass. Something tells me Tim Drake won't exist. (laughs) Why? Because uh, Tim Drake is, is not really had a personality outside of Robin in the comics. Sure, he was Red Robin for a bit, but I don't see how they differentiate him in this. Well, Robin is his personality. Yeah, like, that's agreed. his thing. And if, and if Damien's Robin, then I don't yeah. see a, a spot for him. Yeah. Yeah. Man, fuck <laughs> this. Damien sucks. He's been around 10 minutes. He gets his due. Fuck Damien. Yeah, he's good. Who who even is this other something something Drake? What? Who? Drake? I've, I've never <laughs> I don't think I've read any books with uh Tim in it. You've been reading comics for ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, and, and but in that time he's Damien is the most relevant. That makes sense. That that absolutely makes sense. Damien J. Robin, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I'm with Kale. I very, I love Damian Wayne. Don't get me wrong. Obviously I, I please, but I think Damian Wayne is effective because we already know what Robin has been and we know what Robin has meant. What does it matter that Damian Wayne is a little shit? If we don't know what Robin is to Batman, Robin is the light to Batman's dark, but Damian Wayne ain't light. So yeah. I don't really see the purpose in, in in that way. And that's that's my problem with Damien in general, especially with Bruce, is they're both dark. Hmm. You know, they're both creatures of mood and anger and, you know, like they're, you know, they're the same character. And, but and the issue with like adapting this to, or or – they keep mentioning Morrison's run on Batman and Robin, and, it, and it's not Bruce, and it can't be Bruce in the way that the theming is. The theming is that it's it's Dick Grayson as, as Batman, who's a much lighter Batman, and it's the foil to Damien there, and that's where that relationship grows. I think more of the Bruce-Damien dynamic happens in Tomasi and Gleason's run on Batman and Robin, really, um, where Bruce is kind of pushing his, you know, no kill rules on Damien, you know, trying to get the the villainous kind of uh, League of Shadows out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't, they barely really interact in Morrison's run on Batman and Robin, honestly. It's mostly Batman Inc., I think, where it happens. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. I also think it's weird to specifically call out Batman and Robin and not Batman and Son. Because the Batman and Son arc feels like it would be what you could base a movie around if you were gonna do Damian Wayne. Fair, yeah. That earlier oh. and stuff, right? Is that what that, right. that arc is? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, that's the first arc. Like that. Oh shit! I have a kid I didn't know about. Got to be a dad. That's kind of fun. That'd be cool to actually see Batman play like that confused dad you know yeah. bachelor or whatever you know right and i think it's gonna be telling once we see the casting for for bruce what kind of batman it'll be 
Well, one thing we can say with uh, some degree of certainty is that we're getting an older Batman again. Right. I mean, to have a 10-year-old kid, he ain't 25 years old. He ain't probably 29 years old. And it gives me new 52 vibes. If he's if he's young, then how the hell did this work? How the hell did you fit in all these years of crate of different Robins, different deaths and everything else in such a short time frame? Because he has to have met Talia Al Ghul and had a kid with her. Right. So, you know, when he put the suit on the first time, it's a little weird. And I was very, very much hoping that the reason they got rid of Ben Affleck is because they were going younger. And not just in the age of the actor, but the age of the character. And that doesn't feel like the case. I think you could still go relatively young. I think you could go 30, fairly. Like like Batman. 30? Because and he's it, got a 10-year-old kid? I mean, listen. Yeah. My dad was 18 when he had me. That means he like, just yeah, but he wasn't <laughs> Batman. He, 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 do you think he had a kid at, at 20? 20 years old? You could tell me Batman don't pull? Shadows? Yeah, possibly. You, when he's, he's training and stuff. Oh, I think it's, yeah, I think it's yeah, I can see that. Wait, I could see that. He he's traveling the world. Batman he's yet. he's training. He's training. He's he's getting up to to speed. He cross comes across the League of Shadows for sure. He, he's, okay, he's so you sold you sold Marco. That's cool, but you can't you can't get one over on me because Talia Al Ghul would not have had a kid with Batman if he wasn't Batman. I think that's Roz, why Rachel Ghul and Talia were so into him. What are you uh, talking about? Roz that was needs, the whole thing. He just needed to wrestle him in the desert shirtless once, and he's like, "Yo, future, future son-in-law, here we go." Well, you bash those boys together, you make yeah. a Damian Wayne. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get a thirty-year-old Batman with a child. Yeah, all right, Tyler. Trust me, I've known younger with with ten-year-old kids. Trust me. That's what I, <laughs> yeah, they, they're not Batman. That's what I'm saying. Um, what before we go to the next one? I think this is interesting because we can kind of guess what the supporting cast will be. The mentioning of the Bat family, you know, pretty much guarantees Nightwing. And if Nightwing exists in this world, I can assume the Titans exist in this world. Um, mm, also oh, explicitly yeah. saying Teen Titans Go is an Elseworlds thing. The the opposite almost applies, saying like, oh, the Titans probably exist. Um, Talia's got to exist if Damien's here. And I think to have Talia exist, you need Roz to exist. So those two characters there. If we go to like, if they're really pulling from Morrison's Batman and Robin... You're probably getting Professor Pig. You're probably getting maybe yes. even Flamingo. You know, you're gonna get these weird kooky villains, uh, or even um, Sean. What was the name of um, the other Damien clone who was just like real buff and? Oh yeah, yeah, Orphan or something like that. Was it uh, Orphan? I don't remember. Something like that. He was like Bane status because he was just like not cloned yeah. correctly. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, the there's heretic. some interesting stuff they could play with here. The heretic, okay, heretic, yeah. Yep. Also known as the fatherless and the other. Damn. The therapy. Jeez. So what does this mean for Batman on film? Because now what we're talking about is, once again, two Batman. I had, a th I had a theory. I had a theory as to why they're going down this road. I think Gunn and Co. don't want to step on the toes of Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves' Batman is obviously solo, probably going to be solo going forward. I don't foresee them introducing a Robin at this point. And I think because that is very much a singular, you know, affair, a young Batman, they didn't want to do that within their proper DCU to avoid confusion. So they're giving us a Batman in a different stage of his life. I think that's fair. 
That lets people have different flavors. Man, I want John Hamm for Batman so bad. Oh, that's I've crazy. I've been on that train, yeah. They, I I think, that ship has sailed. Um, I don't know, especially especially the way you're talking, Sean, about uh, an older Batman with a kid and some history behind him. It doesn't need to be, you know, gray-haired Ben Affleck old, but I think John Hamm would be just about right. Okay, what about isn't this he like 50? 51. No. Yeah. Well, well okay. <laughs> what if Ray, Ra's al Ghul played by Jason Manzoukas oh my god <laughs> I need it that would be buck wild so next up we got an announcement of a live action booster gold series I knew I bought this for a reason <laughs> What'd you buy? What are you what are you referencing? Oh yeah, we have a podcast. Um uh it is issue one of Booster Gold, first appearance. Whoa. In in what what series? Uh Booster Gold number one. Oh, right. Just... Yep. That's back when they used to introduce characters in their own series. Get out. <laughs> Boy, comics have come a long way. Yeah, I know. This is one of the ones that we didn't really get too much information about. Um, we just know it's going to be Booster Gold, and James Gunn likes Booster Gold, so Booster Gold, yay! Um, this this is cool. I mean, Booster Gold's a fun, funny character, um, and I can see, in a weird way, I can see if the idea is establishing what is a good hero, what's a bad hero, and what's you know what's a bad person, what's a villain, and what's in between. I can see how Booster Gold fits into that. Because Booster Gold's a person who came from the future, who's really kind of a shit, but he's got all this tech, and he looks really cool, so he's a hero. But he's got to learn what it really means to be a hero, and this is the perfect age and era to do that in. Yeah. Also, like, it, once Peacemaker was announced, I'm like, all right, if this does well, Booster Gold's coming down the line. Like, it's that same kind of style. Hmm. So we think this would be, like, more jokey, fun, adventurous? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this could this could really have legs, I think, if it strikes the right chord. Yeah, I mean, he has his fans, so. And and then we might be able to see Ted Cord, you know, and, and Blue Beetles oh. already already be out at this point. So like, there's there's the, your universe there. The best F tier boy. Uh, we did make him F tier, didn't we? Oops. Yep. Sorry, Dan. Well, up next was Supergirl. Woman yeah, of Tomorrow. Just get to the good one, man. Like I don't we can jump uh, to these. Honestly, groups. out of all of them, this one has to be the most excited. So they described it as a quote big science fiction film. Uh the name, as of course the name implies, it's a specific reference to Tom King and Bill Quist Everly's run. Tom King is working in the house, so that makes a lot of sense. I didn't realized that at first i did not know that so when i saw this announcement and i saw how heavily they referenced tom king i was like wow that's a lot of like praise and i guess james gunn just really thought this book was awesome but now it makes sense that that tom king's in, in the picture um so james gunn said we will see the difference between superman who was sent to earth and raised by loving parents from the time he was an infant versus Supergirl, raised on a rock, a chip off of Krypton, and who watched everyone, everyone around her die and be killed in terrible ways for the first 14 years of her life and then come to earth. She is much more hardcore and not the Supergirl we're used to. 
That yeah. sounds fantastic. It's um, have you, you any of you guys read read this run? Just the first uh, like, two issues. I, I jumped off. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Um, yeah. yeah, the whole premise of like Super, Supergirl is kind of like dejected, especially on Earth, and it's like her twenty first birthday finally. So she goes to a, a red sun planet so she can get drunk, and then yeah. because she yeah. loses her powers, things go wrong, and it's a big space epic after that. And she she's like goes into war. It gets real real dark. Um, but I love. Why didn't a Tom King book? Uh, yeah, why war in a Tom King book? Somebody yeah. goes to war. Yeah, Still I know. It's surprising. Uh, war crimes uh, are committed in this book too, so that checks that one off. Ooh, uh, this is something Supergirl's needed for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Do Do we think what's her face is going to be Supergirl in this? The one that's going to be in the Flash? No, surely not. I doubt it. That would be cool, but I I can't see that being yeah. the case. Um. Even if she's still in it, I have no idea who's still in that movie anymore. <laughs> I think it depends on how well the movie does. Because yeah. James Gunn is extremely high on The Flash. James Gunn actually said that The Flash is, quote, fucking fantastic. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. What is he going to say? Uh, it's not that good, but we got to release it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, he. I mean, he heaped more praise on it than any of the other projects. Mm, like he, was, he said he, he was really, really high on it. I mean, what's coming out next? Isn't yeah, it that? Yeah, none of the other none of the other projects are coming up. Aqu- Aquaman, Shazam, and uh, Blue Beetle. And Flash was the one that James Gunn was highest on. So we'll see. Uh, so but Sean, putting... I wanted to bring up one thing with Supergirl: Woman of Tomorrow as well. Um, yeah, it's sold out on Amazon as well as as well as the Authority. So like, who would have thought? Uh, an announcing... Creature Commandos or the Frankenstein book also sold out. Really, they said. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder if Marvel would have announced their movies as being "quote unquote" adaptations of comics. Yeah, I really want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. Okay, all right, you have a whole block for it. Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is this is super hype. Supergirl was always going to get a movie. This was discussed in the previous era, so this is, you know, this was always going to happen. But I don't think that the premise. I don't. I don't feel like it was ever. We don't know what it was, admittedly. But my bet, this is a way better premise than whatever we were going to get because it's unique. And it sets Supergirl on a different end of the spectrum than Superman. Yeah, she's still a hero, but she's a hero with edge. And I'm into that because that's different. Yeah. Hmm. Very excited for this. I can't wait. wait. Yeah. Um, Tom King said, quote, Supergirl was a small, ambitious book that got out there and got attention because of the passion of all the fans who took a chance, read it, and shared it. We saw what you did. Bilquis, Evely, and I are nothing but grateful. That's cool. Excited that because King is involved to some degree, yeah. He's yep. direct. Yeah, he's very, very involved. Yeah, he's hard at work on the script, amongst other things. But yeah, this is this appears to be the project that he is directly attached to. Nice. The nice. fact that he's working on this, I smell a human target HBO Max series. I'm oh, just saying. Let's get that. That'd be so cool. That whew, wow. Next level. I mean, yeah. he's he's had two seasons. That that book is literally made to be ad- adapted into film. It's like twelve issue maxi series or twelve episode maxi series. I don't know. It's exciting though. Yeah. And then, oh boy, the biggest announcement of all. The thing that people didn't expect to hear, 
I couldn't believe it. For the first time in the history of superhero films, in the year 2025, we will see a Superman movie and a Batman movie released in the same year. Wow, the crazy. It's almost like I Am Legend was, was, was right, finally. <laughs> the final project that got announced officially is Swamp Thing. A Swamp Ooh, Thing movie. Let's go, baby! He acts like it hasn't happened before. It hasn't. We've got three of these fuckers. Huh? Nope, brand new. Ooh, Never seen Swamp him before. Thing erasure. Wow. James Gunn uh, described it as a very dark horror movie. And in the aftermath, uh, no, James... what else is it going to be? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, yeah. He also said that um, even though it would be tonally very different from everything else, that it would be an essential piece of the, the greater puzzle. I think if you just think about it for two seconds, Swamp Thing's a monster. Um, and so that's probably how it fits in. And but he did say that it would be, you know, an important piece. So I, I'm I'm into that. Swamp Thing is a very different character than what we've seen for the most part in in these, you know, big Marvel or DC films. So I also see this being the the Iron Man to the Justice League Dark of you know, like like this is the progenitor of what Justice League Dark could be in this new world. Like I could see them introducing Constantine in this, mm. maybe like a Zatanna. I can see them introducing other characters in this, and that's where it, you know, springs off of. Like, even if you get into, like, if this is, like, Lemire's uh, or a Snyder Swamp thing, you got the green and the red are pretty prominent in it with the rot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that could be an Animal Man thing. James Gunn's a big Morrison guy. You know, so. If you got, if you got Animal Man at that point, maybe another Doom Patrol down the line. Yeah. We already know, like, we already have a hint that Titans exist here, so Beast Boy, you know, like, there are a lot of Roots that can grow from this one. Well done. Learn from the best, Marco. Not me. No, Sean. No, he's, 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 oh, he's okay, cool. Good. Yeah, they, no, I just want to make sure we clarified. Yeah, yeah. Well, what you point out is that there are so many, and this is you know brilliant for the team. So many great Swamp Thing stories to pull from, even in a larger run. Even if you look at a larger run. You could break that down and say, yeah, this chunk of what, you know, more did or this chunk of what this one did. This can be a movie idea. Multiple. Multiple movies. Yeah. So to me, Goldmine. And it could be a trilogy. Why not? And according to The Hollywood Reporter, none other than the director of Logan, James Mangold is circling this film might even be already attached uh mangold did share some i think it was mangold that shared some bernie rights and art uh, from swamp thing on twitter it was mangold yeah right and so then i read the hollywood reporter article after i saw that and in that article they talk about how mangold is attached so whoa dude bernie rights and stuff yeah interesting so it might be like a monster of the week sort of situation in that case if it's a movie, you can't really do that. That's one week. <laughs> I think I think it was just like the take the, the greatest Swamp Thing art, sure. the moodiest, and show it off. Dude, Google mm -hmm. Swamp Thing, and of course, you're going to get a Bernie Wrightson right away. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I like to think that 
Mangold might be a fan. I mean, Logan's a fantastic film, so like I'm yeah. not against it. We'll see what uh, the Dial of Destiny is like this this year, but um, interestingly, they used Tom King's Swamp Thing Winter Special as the art for this. Boo. So, uh, Tom King, he's got some traction there. So before we talk about like all of this other stuff, because I've got other quotes and things like that, as a slate, which again, this is only a piece, as a slate, 10 projects I think we're looking at. How do you feel? Hype. Excited. I've, I don't think I've felt anything for, I mean, we used to refer to it as the DCFU. Like, right. I don't know. Used to. Still do, I guess. Yeah. Up until uh, until the 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 era of gun, right? Then we'll see what what moniker we give it. But I nothing excited me. It was always, oh, yep, that movie's coming out. Maybe an Aquaman was cool, but nothing ever lit me on fire the same way a a Marvel announcement might, frankly. And this is the parallel to that. And I'm hugely excited because. We have direction. We have this the thing we've been talking about for years at this point is just they have a vision down the line. They understand what the big concept is so that they can start to filter that down and uh, break it out into these films. Mm. I'm excited. And, and for me, like, I think they're even in a way have a leg up from Marvel's genesis with the MCU. Because even early on in Marvel, like remember when a. Uh, Tony Stark recruited uh, uh, Thunderbolt Ross and like that never really went anywhere. So like they they were really just building to Avengers, you know, so they were making some little missteps here and there early on. Like the blueprint exists for that at Marvel, but Marvel already happened. So they can kind of tweak that to work with the DC universe. Um, so I think creatively, I'm very excited, but it's still Warner Discovery. So I have to hedge my 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 excitement just a little bit. That's uh, a bit where I'm at. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I genuinely, I think this is all cool. Uh, man, I don't know if I believe it's going to happen. Maybe we'll get Waller. <laughs> it's just, I have a hard time, you know, seeing another Superman movie getting off the ground. And I just, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery is such a, it's a quicksand of a company, especially for movies. Like, I just, I can't get excited for it. And the other thing, too, is like, what if Superman doesn't do well? Yep. I, I, mm. that, like, I think it's very dependent on that. If that doesn't do well, I don't think we get anything else. You don't think so? You don't yeah, think they got to commit? Uh, I mean, it, it also depends on where everything else releases. So um, if they're they're yeah. traction on Swamp Thing, so that might actually come out, you know. So there's no chance that they just put out Superman and then they're like, "Oh, this sucked. That we're done." They can't. That's just not how films don't get made that way. Like uh -huh. there will be a lot of things already, you know, in the in various stages of production. Mm -hmm. You I can't wonder, necessarily. Yeah. Stop. Warner Brothers isn't the type of company that would just can a movie they had completed already. Wait. <laughs> oh oh you mean a, a, a movie that was going to be released to streaming services and die a death or a movie that was made for streaming services but then would have been released in theaters and die a death i'm just saying I mean, they, they put money into something and they were okay with like hey this isn't going to work out in the long run let's just can it so they have the they have the track record there 
and especially especially all the things they just randomly pull off their streaming service mm-hmm. and yeah. throw in the garbage like i don't think that's ridiculous at all well, i mean i think that's ridiculous but what <laughs> what tyler's saying i think is i mean you know i don't think they'll be happy about it but i you know i i think it's very well within the realm of possibilities um i i've had weird mixed feelings about it because there's some stuff that i definitely don't love i really 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 was hoping for a younger batman Hmm. um and i just i just can't like i don't i don't buy your theory that he's gonna be 30 um and that's you know that's unfortunate um and even beyond the actual age of the character for me it's it's maybe more about um what we're what we're not getting by starting so late in Bruce's like life um yeah i i'm desperate to see a dick grayson grow up i don't understand why we can't get that like even if it's even if you jump forward a few years if you have to whatever i want to see that you don't want to just see dick grayson you want to you want to see him grow you want to you want a dick that's a grower not a shower <laughs> oh my god oh my god um you know and and i want a wonder woman movie um and i know that things will come and i'm you know maybe i'm being impatient on certain things this is not what i was hoping for yeah but i have hope because some of these ideas i think are genuinely really great and i don't think that the prior regime would have given a chance to some of these ideas I don't give a damn about creatures and commandos, you know, or creature commandos. Like, I don't care about that at all. But if it's good, it's good. And that's really, at the end of the day, all that matters. Um, is this the slate that I think brings people to the table? I don't. I don't think that, Pat, when you get past the internet, because the internet is loud, I don't think that this is the slate that makes people go, yes, I am there day one. I don't think creature commando screams that. I don't think Waller necessarily screams that. I don't know that the Paradise Lost show screams that. It has to be really, really good. It has to be very, very good. Um, I really it's lacking that Batman name. Brave and the Bold is cool and all that, but not having that Batman name in the title, I think that's a mistake. Um, that, overall, be, Sean, that's going to be called Batman: Brave and the Bold. Let's be real. There's no way they're not re- leaving Batman out of the title for a movie. I hope you're right. Yeah. I hope you're right. Uh, presumably, it's not being written yet, so you know that's a fair a fair point. I'm more excited about what is happening in the in the in the bigger picture sense, you know, um, that there is a plan that we can point to. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the hope, right? That's that's where that comes from is a central idea. Yeah. And like yeah. for me, like it, it, this scratches my my love of weird DC. You know, like Swamp Thing, sure, but that's kind of like a mainstream weird DC. Creature Commandos is weird. Booster Gold, kind of weird. Um, and that's what I was hoping James Gunn would do. You know, he'd sprinkle in the more uh, lesser known characters to kind of give them a platform. So I'm excited to see that as well. Oh, I'm not gonna let that slide, Tyler. Did you call me mainstream for liking Swamp Thing? Okay, I uh, was Marco, one of the first people to like Swamp now. Thing. Uh, Swamp Thing is mainstream now. I'm sorry. Yep. To tell you that, 
you know what? Cancel it. Just he's, uh, like, throw him even, back. Even the DCFU like opening title, he's like right next to Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. So, Marco, does that now mean that you will become a Man Thing fan instead? No, I'm going to become uh, the Heap fan. Lost Boy. me. Yeah, even me. That's, that's the, my Marco's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Good, good. So I want to read a couple of meteor quotes just because there's so much in these that I want to tear apart um, that James Gunn and Peter Safran said. So Gunn said, a lot of people think it's going to be Marvel 2.0, and definitely I learned a lot of stuff at Marvel. I think we have a lot of differences. We are telling a big, huge central story that is like Marvel, except for I think we're a lot more planned out than Marvel from the beginning because we've gotten a group of writers together to work that story out completely. But we're also creating a universe that's like Star Wars, where there's different times, different places, different things, or Game of Thrones, where characters are a little bit more morally complex. I like the idea of these characters being morally complicated. To me, when I think about DC, um, I do think about, you know, these big characters who have big stances on morality and what's right and what's wrong. But I also think about the fact that there are characters that exist in the margins of that. And I like bringing that to the forefront in a way that, frankly, Marvel really hasn't in the big, on the big screen. Um, they're pretty, you know, one or the other. So I like that idea. I also like the idea that it's planned out. Marvel is part. Yeah. I, I mean, looking at this in comparison to Marvel, Marvel's super homogenized in, in theme, in tone. Um, specifically mentioning Swamp Thing will be a horror movie. And in the same vein, Gunn mentioned like they're going to play with genre too. Like that's that's where I'm excited for, you know. This is this is learning the right lessons from Marvel. Because mm -hmm. we've talked about, you know, Morbius, let's say, or, or some of the Sony movies and some of the other uh, other just random films that'll pop up. What was the the one with what's his face? Uh, was it Vin Diesel? Uh, Bloodshot? What was it? Mm -hmm. The Valiant movie? Yeah. Yeah, 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 like like those don't have those aren't learning the lessons of the of the success of Marvel of the MCU. This is and and it's building and iterating upon it, and okay. that I think is the strongest point. And, and the guy who's running creative was the guy who was in the machine of Marvel already. You know exactly. So, so he, he, he has that movies. he has that insight. He knows yeah. he knows the the muck of it all, and he's able to take that and like put it together into something. Gunn also said, uh, we all know it's been a fucked up road for many of the DC characters for the past few years and things haven't been together. Um, I think there was basically no one minding the mint and they were giving out IP to any creatives that smiled at whoever was in charge. I feel like someone said that. I feel like there was a group of people that might have talked about that very idea. Like we talked about that at length. They were throwing shit at anybody. Oh, The Rock? Yeah, yeah, shoot, we'll give you Henry Cavill if you want him. Whatever. And, and that's also, like, evident in the fact that, like, they made Black Adam a tentpole movie. They even made the the main comic that was out at the time, the big event book, uh, the climactic scene was Black Adam shares his powers. You know, like, yeah, they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, like, 
James Gunn is the type of guy I think would realize like, I don't know, Black Adam ain't, ain't Superman. You know, as much as The Rock smiles at you and flexes at you and gives you the eyebrow, like it, it, it's not, he's not that guy, pal, you know? Yeah. I, like to, I like to imagine the, the people on the board are, are just like sitting around, he, he like raises the eyebrows and they're like, oh, yeah. do it again, do it again. He gave him some of his tequila. Yeah, <laughs> get him a book, yep. get him a movie. I think this was this was my favorite part of what Gunn had to say. One of the things I really liked about when I went to Marvel was that there was no outside producers. What I've always found is problematic on films and hurts the quality of films is the triangulation that happens between studio producer and director and that people start creating little waves going behind each other's backs and everything just becomes more messed up in this vying for power. But when you have two strong forces, a producer and a director, which is what we will be with these directors we're working with, I found that it's more clear-cut and makes things easier. For the most part, we're going to be working as in-house producers ourselves and then having the directors do their thing. That is more important than a slate. That's more important Mm. than characters. That's more important than actors. Because here's what happens. When you get a guy like... I'm just saying a name. I'm not casting aspersions. When you get a guy like Charles Rovin, who has their own production company with their own agendas, certain margins and things that they need, who has power, who has sway over the president of DC, maybe a Walter Hamada, who says yes to things that maybe they should say no to. This is what happens. That's how we got the last 10 years of DC films. That's why Marvel had to say no and get rid of some of these people. Because they were causing chaos behind the scenes. It's funny because J.J. Abrams' Superman is still in the slate as an Elseworlds movie. But, like, that is his own production company, right? That's Bad Robot? Bad Robot, yeah. So I wonder if that is uh, sure on the slate right now. But, you know, it doesn't really fit into that theme there. And, And in that situation, I think, hey, all right, we've got a relationship with him. That's separate. Yeah, That's its own thing. Um, but when you've got a guy like Avi Arad, right, who was helping bringing Spider-Man to the big screen, but has literally damaged the character on the big screen because of his ego, this is what has to happen. So to me, this is the best thing ever. Love it. Just bodes more confidence. I also like how uh, candid he feels, James Gunn. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's just letting it spill, dude. Uh, that 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 makes me think he's really in charge. Is because <laughs> now it's like, okay, I've got the keys now. I'm gonna say whatever the fuck I want. Right. <laughs> remember, uh, remember a few few weeks ago when you guys were like, "Oh, I don't want him to keep tweeting out. I don't want him to keep talking." And now you don't want him to shut up. I still oh, feel that way. It, yeah, oh, no, video, I, I still very much want him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, like it, this was a video, and 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 the, the quotes I'm reading didn't come from that. The, these quotes are from the press conference. Um, yeah, I I am all about no more talking. Like this is it. We know the movies. Yep. We know the slate. The first half of it. That's it. No more. Yeah, if maybe you know five years from now he wants to do another one of these videos. Sure, that's fine. Like, for example, where in this did I mention whether or not it's a full reboot? I didn't because it wasn't in the announcement and it wasn't in the press conference. He talked about that on Instagram. Someone, <laughs> someone, 
someone brought up, you know, oh, uh, how is it possible that Viola Davis is playing Waller? Doesn't Flash reset everything? Which James Gunn said in the video. And then he said, no, it resets some things, not everything. So what's it not resetting? Hmm, I wonder. The part of the DCU, the old regime that James Gunn worked on. Yeah. To be fair. Henry Cavill as uh, Superman. <laughs> to be fair, this literally is what the new 52 did. The new 52 yeah, was yeah. not a full reboot. Yep. Like, it was yeah. like, oh, well, we got, you know, bring back uh, Batman. But, like, Green Lantern still well. around. Keep Green Lantern doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, keep the the Flash stuff coming around. You know, like, it's 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 it's, it's not out of the norm for DC. Yeah. I, Marco, Marco said that like he like it was a gotcha. I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Sanji in the chat said, been waiting for you guys' take on this. You guys are the best for all things nerd related. Thank you so much. Nice. Good stuff, Sanji. I'll see you on the Thousand Sun. One piece. Got it. Yeah. I was completely lost. Um the coolest thing about this though is that it also affects comics. It affects the industry. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, these books, pretty much all, or these stories, rather, pretty much all, all these announcements were attached to imagery that directly links to a comic book that exists, to a run, to an arc, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And they said the names of several of these. And that was so important. And what I learned from James Gunn is that he's got a respect for comics. He's a lover of comics. And so in his mind, yeah, let's sell some books too. And that's why he's been so connected with Jim Lee. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously other reasons too, but that's a big part of it. Um, and so we referenced how a lot of these books have sold out. And uh, James Gunn once again took to social to say that he's been talking to Jim Lee and that they're going to get these books reprinted and back on the stands really soon. So that's good news. Marvel could have done this 10 years ago. They just think, don't. They don't think, give a fuck. Think of like the reprints for free comic book they, they could do, you know? Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Whenever uh, Demon in a Bottle, or rather Iron Man 3 came out, just or Iron Man, yeah. Yep. why wasn't, why, what, when they announced it, why didn't they use, I mean, they used fucking crappy, you know, images or they just give us the the uh the logo what do i need a logo for yeah you know what's the origin of this where is this coming from well, comic book art looks way better than logos there, there mm. there's not enough marvel comics that are propaganda for the military industrial complex so they have to i mean listen <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna put you should put a cap book on there you probably probably find something Oh, Marvel Comics traditionally cap books the opposite of military industrial complex. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy for how that this appears to be affecting the sales of books. It's it's amazing. Supergirl barely survived as a single issue mm-hmm. uh, series, and now it's sold out, and it probably will be sold out perpetually. You know what I bet gets a new series too for Dawn of DC, mm-hmm. Supergirl. Oh, yeah. Let's hope. Yeah, I can see that. Definitely. So, real quick, uh, the question of 
copyright came up because Superman will be public domain theoretically in about 10 years. Yep. What? Yeah. 30, I believe. And this is a problem that DC is now going to have to encounter with not only Superman, but also Batman and Wonder Woman. And when you know that, and when you think about that, a lot of things start to click because they might not have the same ability to make Superman movies the way they do now. You know, things might change. Batman movies the way they do now. So wouldn't it be smart to have the authority around characters who are similar to Superman and Batman in certain aspects who maybe they can be redeemed and turned into tentpole characters of their own. James Gunn talked about this as well. Uh, James Gunn on this subject said the following. Um, One of our strategies is to take our diamond characters, which Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, and we use them to prop up other characters that people don't know. And he made that quote and others directly in response to a question about this copyright issue. Smart planning. Yeah. But we'll know within the next year. Like the whole Mickey Mouse stuff is is a big deal. Um, right. Honestly, so far from what I'm reading, like Disney's going to have trouble keeping that like, out of public domain. Like they it probably it, should. It, it but... seems to be like it will become public domain. I wonder if, to your point on authority, if there's a difference by saying, oh, yeah, Superman's in the authority. So technically, I'm not using this Superman. I'm using the authority version of Superman. And you can still kind of get away. I don't think it counts. And it's not its not that they lose the rights to make Superman. It's just that everyone else can make right. a Superman. So they lose right. the image of what Superman should be. They lose the control yeah. over um, the perception of him. It's like these Winnie the Pooh movies now that are like horror movies. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's Santa Claus movies. Like right. you'll have yeah. your Tim Allen Santa Claus, but in the same breath you'll have your David Harbor David Harbor beating the shit out of uh, you know, home invaders or whatever. Honestly, Tim Allen's scarier. Yeah, you're right. Because at least oh. David Harbor's fighting for the good guys, you know. And didn't um <laughs> didn't uh, James Gunn in that same breath mention Plastic Man? Yes, yeah. and uh, I thought that was an interesting people. Yeah, yeah, people ran with that. Hopefully, did, did, did Ben Schwartz tweet about that? I know he's been uh, he's been oh, gunning. God, be so good. Yo, that'd be crazy. That's Great. a good. That's a good casting. The only person that would be better for Plastic Man is Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah. dude, he gave up. He he's 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 good though. That's but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. he could be elongated man in like 2000. In like 2000. Jim yeah. Carrey, Plastic Man would have been choice. Yeah. So that's it. That's the big DC expose. Uh, I, I like I said, I'm hopeful. I think this was a great showcase. I think they did it exactly the right way. I think Marvel could learn a thing or two from the way they did this. And at a time where we're kind of down on what Marvel's been doing. The fact that DC kind of swept in and was like, hey, guys, we got Superman. We got Batman. What's up? I'm into it. That's actually a really good point. We're in a lull with Marvel. And for them to capitalize on some of that, maybe not burnout, but the disinterest coming out of the previous like phase, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I also like how this whole thing makes Gunn feel like a true creative, too, because... You know, they said, oh, you'll find out, you know, 
by January and like a true creative, James Gunn does it on the last possible minute. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. If you're in the chat, let us know which of these projects you are most looking forward to. And I am also very curious, which project do you wish they had announced that they didn't? So twofold question there for you guys. Let us know as we move the show forward. Uh, we've got uh, we've got questions. We've got questions. And we've got comments. So Tyler, take it away. Hold on, I'm getting to the right slide. Uh, yeah. So we did have some questions. Where's my Where's my wildcat buddy here? Supergirl Swamp Thing. There we go. All right. So we had some uh, questions from uh, first one we had was from uh, Ouroboros Snake on this week's Pals Polls. Uh, appreciate y'all's points through the video. Marco really made me happy to hear he would support physical to increase the quality. We absolutely have to do what we can to support comics. I'm committing to it. Uh, I'm going into the office every Wednesday now, and I will go and pick up Pals or Pals Pulls books there. And and I have to get it at Midtown Comics, it's the closest one. I don't know where else I can go that's around here. So, is, you know, just, we make do. This is just Starship Starship Troopers. Uh, I'm doing my part. <laughs> yeah, which, what, well, tell me all fair. Um, you know, look, I'm I'm happy for you, Marco, and I think that's a great decision, and I appreciate what you're doing for the industry. But I am going to take this opportunity it's to officially sides. crow. Imagine to official <laughs> and let you know that I know that I won because for years you came on this podcast wow. and you made fun of me for buying physical books. And you talked about how much space you have and all these different things that you talked about. Well, guess what? You ain't going to have space anymore. It's over for that. <laughs> He's got a lot more space now. Actually, <laughs> he won't for long. Actually, what uh, there's a, there's like a shared, table in in one of the um which we call it like in one of the hallways over here and like people can drop stuff off if they don't want it so i've just been i have a little thing that says free comics and i've been putting my comics there oh so you're the no, weirdo just, who lives in the apartment building <laughs> he buys them and then just gets rid of them <laughs> sean no nobody nobody likes uh, and i told you so kind of guy all right no 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 you <laughs> see your way out of this conversation because i've been doing this with marco for seven years or whatever it is I know. It's, it's, so this is very personal it's a bit it's fine uh, this is very personal, and my friend Sean calls me out on it. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> As I should. Yeah, it's a personal debate between Sean and Marco. <laughs> As two diametrically opposed forces, of course Sean calls you out on it. We should do like a like a debate show. Hey, great idea. Yeah. Next. Uh, so uh, some guy named Dan Trudeau on uh, Pals Polls mentioned uh, – Great show, as usual. The Silver Surfer Review brought a question to my mind. Are there any characters or books you guys have always wanted to like more than you actually do? Silver Surfer has been the character for me. I really like the slot Allred run, but not so much because of the Surfer himself. You mean uh, the Marvel Doctor Who run? Because that's what that book was. Oh. <laughs> you know about the Tom Baker run? <laughs> hmm. Uh, for a that's while, a for question. me, it was Superman. Um, that was that, my that, answer. To that, this that's question, changed yeah. more recently. Um, you know, once I kind of got into All Star and I got to, you know, uh, I think post New Fifty. Uh, I, once they gave Superman a kid, that's where it started clicking for me. Honestly, mm. I think right now it's Wonder Woman. Um, mm. I I'm desperate to love 
Wonder Woman in the comics. And I've read certain runs that I think are good. Like I love the Greg Rucka, Nicholas Scott mm-hmm. that they did. I thought that was fantastic. Gail Simone did some really great work with the character. Uh, Brian Azzarello. Um, but she doesn't do much. <laughs> and it's weird to me that she doesn't. If, if Every event that they have, I feel like Wonder Woman's just there. Um, and that sucks. And even in her own books, she doesn't do a lot, especially these days. So for me, I think my answer is Wonder Woman. I think mine might be comics Captain America. Mm-hmm. I like Chris Evans and his Captain America a lot. Um, but wow. I just I just cannot get into comic book Captain America. I just reeled from you saying you like something MCU related. Like it yeah, literally that was crazy. made my stomach feel weird. Listen, I I had a time where I was like you. <laughs> I haven't always been like this. The world grizzled you. <laughs> this podcast grizzled them. Marvel grizzled <laughs> me. I think I think it's Daredevil for me. Oh, what? And that's insane. <sighs> well, well, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we, guess, we all I, three like, of us had the same reaction to that. <laughs> I've I've only I've read like a few things here and there. The whenever when we did the the book club for um what was it uh oh, oh my god again uh with Miller with Frank yeah, Miller born yeah again. born again born again yeah born again um like there was so much hype around it and maybe it got built up in my head but I was just like I was good but you know I wasn't I I, I wasn't over the moon about it. Um, the Devil's Reign stuff was a lot of fun, but I took that to be this is an event, right? This isn't like the character necessarily because there's a lot that plays into that, a lot of tie-ins and stuff. And otherwise, I don't know like where else to start. And I would like to like the character, but it doesn't interest me outright. Oh man, dude, uh, Daredevil so much... is the most consistent comic within the last thirty years. Like everyone, every time there's a creative team on, on a Daredevil book, it's their best work. We got we got a first time chat that was a hard reaction to my yeah. wow Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of, I just, you, caught, I just caught up to Zdarsky's Daredevil. Um, Sean, are you reading that? Yes. They started introducing D list villains into it. I'm in hot fire. Yeah, uh, Marco, you just need to go pick up a Daredevil book, yeah. like. <laughs> Yeah, this is a matter of a lack of reading on, on yeah. you know, just just like, like, okay. Watch the top Marco of my head. pick up Shadowland by accident. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I, oh, we're going to do this. You want to, you want to bring me back there, Tyler? I have a you short go box back? that's a Shadowland short box, just out of irony. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I think you you can't go wrong. Bendis, Brubaker, uh, Soul had a run. Wade. Uh, Wade had a run. <laughs> Um, yeah, those are big names. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. I haven't read. Maybe I haven't read enough comics, huh? <laughs> uh, and, 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 and this motherfucker thinks he has an opinion about Damian Wayne. Even like the Anasenti stuff. Like, check that out too. Like, <laughs> you got like Yo, you got like a fishbowl memory for comics. <laughs> Classy Ulysses. I would love to review Shadowland. If you guys want us to review Shadowland, let's get it because hey. I will defend it. I think we have to pick our next book club uh, options, right? So <laughs> that yeah. be yours, Sean. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that should be on the list. Oh, my goodness. Um, so the uh, the DC talk, 
that was a long talk. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna breeze by a couple of things. In fact, Tyler, we're gonna skip the next thing and we're gonna get right into the five G files. I made a cool Everybody's thirty rock image for the next thing. Jeez, all right, it's fine. Sorry, sorry, so sorry. It's fine. It's just it's just my time. <laughs> And effort, you know, it's fine. The hell do you want me to tell you, man? <laughs> no, no, just it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you have been following the 5G files, which we are able to bring to you guys, courtesy of Rich Johnson over at Bleeding Cool, who has done a tremendous amount of reporting and research uh into what was supposed to be DC Comics future, which was 5G would have started in 2020 and it would have seen a real radical shift for DC going away from the Trinity into a new Trinity of the exact same mantles with different people wearing the costumes. And it would have seen Superman and Batman, traditional Superman and Batman, go away. Their stories only readable in Elseworlds tales and things of that nature. Uh, where we left off, we had talked about Swamp Thing and how Swamp Thing was the only character and story that was fully realized if you go based on what Rom V was able to accomplish, Rom V and the Spicers, um, or Rom V and the Mikes. The Mikes. <laughs> the Mikes. Um, Rom V and the Mikes is like my favorite like Motown group. They're great. Yeah, yeah, phenomenal. <laughs> um, this week, though, we are actually doing something different. We are getting to conversation because now – we have direct quotes from a creator who was actually involved in the process. Oh, tea, spill it, baby. You got it. Jeff Lemire. Oh, don't do my man's oh, dirty right. like that. I'm not doing anybody dirty. No, no, no. Oh, no. okay, 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 okay. No, no, his, his X-Men run did that for him. <laughs> no, no <laughs> fucking savage, Tyler. <laughs> so... Jeff Lemire was brought on board and notably has not done much big to work of late. We had the Robin Batman book, mm. uh, which was a couple of years ago now. But outside of that, not much. One year ago. One year? Okay. Yeah. A few months ago we now. We did it on Pals Pulse. Pals Pulse has only been around for a year and a half. <laughs> I thought Pete was still here when we were reviewing that book. So no. yeah, It must have been when it was announced or something. Yeah. Um. And so, but Lemire's in in a creator own space by and large, is the point. And they were he was going to come back to do something for five G, and I'm going to let Lemire speak for himself. I did almost do one more DC thing last year, though. For a short time, I was attached to write Green Lantern for their five G initiative. We were going to do it as a horror book and the flagship title in the horror line for 5G. But the I more I worked this. on it, huh? I feel like I recall this. Hmm. The more I worked on it, the less excited I got. <laughs> <laughs> and the more things seemed to be in a constant state of flux with the whole initiative. And then Dan Didio was out at DC, and I jumped too, not wanting to deal with all of it anymore. It was a near miss and honestly sort of my last flirtation with doing anything significant for the big two. Wow. 
nothing about a Green Lantern horror book does anything for me. Hmm. Maybe mm. Yellow Lanterns involve fear. It, I can it would, see it. It would take some work. It would take it's some a, work. It's a space. It's a space adventure. You you go to a planet. A, I don't know. Has the uh, uh, something similar to the alien. Sorry, Mor Morrison and um uh what was his uh um, sharp on sharp it was a little horror horror yeah which actually yeah was right after 5g but, right yeah yeah it was right after 5g would have been yeah yeah i wonder if they were like hey we need a horror green lantern we still have some stuff on the table uh get that guy who's writing us a fascist superman <laughs> <laughs> it's it'll, it'd be tough to write a horror uh, a horror book where your protagonist has a, a ring that literally does anything your imagination wants it to. <laughs> I love when you guys discuss things and I haven't even told you anything yet. I love it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's exactly what I wanted because now I'm going to flip the table. Okay. Ooh. Real Housewives of New Jersey style. This wasn't traditional Green Lantern. This was... Green Lantern from the Tangent Universe. Sorry? Now. What? Uh, is that the one with the, 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 it's like a Chinese, I think it's like a Chinese lantern. She's covered in um, sort of. Uh, Got uh, it. This, this is probably going to be um, very disrespectful, and I, I wholly apologize. She's covered in like drapery, and she's carrying a big shepherd's crook with a, a a lantern on the edge of it wow. it's all green wow you literally nailed it wow 100 wow. percent nailed it and it was lois and... lane what <laughs> what yep that there was three of them. wild yeah three, one of them was a tana one of them was lois lane and one of them was just a twin of somebody else so here's here's what bleeding cool says about it a previous event developed from ideas by Dan Jurgens and published by DC Comics in 97, Green Lantern was a woman with a lantern which, when placed upon a grave, could bring the dead back to life just long enough to complete unfinished business. It was created by James Robinson and J.H. Williams III. Later, yeah. Tales of the Green Lantern from 98 would have different creative tales tell different versions of her origin, which I'm assuming is what Tyler's referring to. Ten years later, she would appear in Tangent Superman's Reign, in which she would bring members of the Justice League to her world. And in Infinite Crisis, she would rescue heroes from across realities to follow her light, and would later appear in the pre-52 Justice League to rescue her world from the crime syndicate. Change my Jeff mind, Lemire. that sounds cool. <laughs> Sorry? I changed my mind, that sounds pretty cool. That does sound really good. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's it. Yep. You also, like, put Sorrentino on that, and like, uh... Oh, nice. Jeff Lemire told Bleeding Cool directly, I was all set to do Green Lantern with the tangent version, passing the lantern off to a new young woman who would become Green Lantern. Hold that thought. The book would have been a horror book and would have been the centerpiece of 5G supernatural horror titles, which I was also developing. But Didio was let go, and I started to get heavy vibes that behind the scenes, not everyone was in agreement on the direction, so I jumped ship. It could have been fun, but not in that environment. The centerpiece of of five G's horror, yeah, supernatural. Interesting. Horror. Huh. Who's the latest Green Lantern woman? Uh, Sojourner. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Huh. A plus, Marco. Wait, uh, was that? I don't understand. Was that? No, you're, no, you're exactly right. I'm suggesting, only suggesting, 
that maybe that character was going to go down that road. Oh. Wait. The uh the definition of the word sojourner is a person who resides in a temporary place. Wow. And in that in that particular yeah, right. And she's only there for like a like a what is it? She's only been stationed at that area for a small amount of time and like has to solve it before she goes back out. In her yeah, in the in her story, yes. Far That's sector right. is about yeah. exactly that. Yeah. Hmm. So I love that. I I think that that could have been really awesome. Doing something different with the Green Lantern character yeah. and mythos. I, I think it's awesome. But what we also learned is that there was a whole supernatural um you know plan and strategy that we didn't get. Um I wish we had. See, I really wish we had. I love the the dark side of the DC universe. You know, like Swamp Thing aside, you know, like you have Dr. Fate on the mystical side of things, like the Eye of Vampires, the Animal Man, Detective Chimp. Like that that's all my jam, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is cool as hell. So um Bleeding Cool points out that there was a lost Green Lantern Corp series planned, which found its home in Future State. Initially, it was a magnificent seven of unpowered lanterns hired to protect the planet. Future State took this and depowered all the Green Lanterns across the galaxy, but only temporarily. So we really didn't get anything close to what would have happened um, in the horror sense of the word. That all got scrapped. It, it writes itself, too. Like, what if what if this Green Lantern who could talk to the dead uh, tries to investigate the death of a Green Lantern? And the arc is called Green Lantern Corpse. The problem with that is that's not how you say that word. It's a play on words because it would be a dead corpse. But no, I get it. But it's not Green Lantern corpse. It's Green Lantern core. I know. It drives me insane. I know, but people always it drives say me insane. Corpse, so. Personally, I love the Green Lantern corpse. <laughs> I, listen, I think it's a great idea. You're absolutely right. And your wordplay is spot on. But I will not let this crime slide. <laughs> Hails a hound for uh, for proper uh, uh, language. Lo loves a silent ass. <laughs> so that's the five G files for this week. Um, this is something that I, I. This is probably more than anything we've talked about that I wish we got. Yeah, yeah. It's also the le the least impactful, you know. Sure. Like you can get away with doing this. They can do it now. They, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's still a good idea. And I, I wish that someone had sat with, with Jeff Lemire and said, hey, listen, we love what you have. 5G ain't going down, but let's find a way to retool it and, and do it. Do what you were going to do. Yeah, Man, why can't it be Earth One? Why? I mean, well, I, I understand why it can't be Earth One, but like, why can't it be Black Label? It just seems like a throwing out the baby with the bathwater sort of situation. You know, like they didn't want to know no more 5G. Let's get rid of everything. Anything that was in the 5G shared drive folder, you know. Tossed. Yeah. Yeah. Got the hyperverse now. So. Indeed. Well, unfortunately, for the time being, that is the end of the 5G files. Oh. Oh. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good there, Kale? No, that sucks. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. story time for us. It's a, great. Yeah, I'm having a great time with that series. <laughs> I was wondering why we didn't get a tease to get frustrated at. <laughs> we did. The tease is that it's the end. For oh, now. no. It's, it's the end for now. Uh, we'll bring it back if it's brought back. And um, yeah, thank you guys for 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 being so uh, into the five G files. This has been a lot of fun, a lot of fun to do. Um, so we'll bring it back if possible. And classy Ulysses says encore. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of bringing things back, Marvel brought back the X Men fan vote for twenty twenty three. Did you guys vote? Hell no, no. I did. Not even in this one. I forgot. I vote. I do my vote doesn't duty. count, so it wow. doesn't matter. No change will happen if you guys don't vote. <laughs> As the establishment Democrats say, just vote harder. Vote more, vote harder. Yeah, exactly. Get your grandma out of the vote. So, yeah, if you guys in the chat listening voted, let us know who you voted for. I was really disappointed with the options. Uh, so we have, or had, I guess, Cannonball, Dazzler, Frenzy, Jubilee, Juggernaut, and Prodigy. I have to talk about Juggernaut being on this list. <laughs> Nepo, baby. This is absolute horseshit. <laughs> Go off, King. <laughs> Juggernaut, not a mutant. Mm. Not a mutant. Mutant half-brother. Not a mutant. Nepotism. N- not allowed on Krakoa, yeah? No, he is. He's there. He's there. And I guess, you know, there are other, you know, mutant adjacent characters on Krakoa. Can he go through the uh, the gates? Uh, when he's I accompanied, think I think. So. Mm. Yeah. Well, sorry, what? I think when he's accompanied by somebody, he can. Okay. Which is true then, of anyone. Then not a mutant. Fuck that. Right. So how can Juggernaut, who is not a mutant, be on the X Men? Did you did you see the um on Twitter they were doing like uh, political ads for these these characters? Um, no it was way. Like one of the characters putting out like anti like an anti frenzy one, an anti Juggernaut one. What you're saying, Sean, is exactly what was in that video. They're like, he's not a mutant. This is just this is just Xavier nepotism. It's actually really good. Yeah. Uh, Snap-a-pop asks, is the vote real or is it like the voice where the execs choose and pretend fans choose? I am a believer that this is real because the the po- the character who is the most like popular tends to win. Um, and there was a time when we could see the, the poll happening in real time, if I remember correctly, because it's going down on Twitter. Yeah, it was. And now it's not. Yeah, I think also like last year they they did something with the losers of the poll like yes there are plans with all of them there so what they put out was a book that featured all the losers together on a mission like surge loser yeah wow <laughs> it's wow that's really screwed up dude i love surge i know i know that was a dig at you damn yeah um yeah so I felt like this was kind of a weak crop of characters overall. Juggernaut aside, I would have voted for Prodigy. 
Um, okay. Jubilee's always around. She's on teams. Why well, does she need to be here? Well, she sucks. You gotta yeah. keep the party lively. You got lights. That's why you got Dazzler. That's why I voted oh, for Dazzler. You're right. Yeah, you're right. D- Dazzler, by the way, obviously the winner, right? I hope so. That's why I voted I mean, for. In my heart, I w- I would have thought Juggernaut. Mm. I think Dazzler has such a massive fan base for some reason, especially if it's a vote on the internet. I I, I don't see her losing this. I and I, and that's a part of the problem I have with these votes. It's supposed to be for characters that are underserved. The, what the hell's a Dazzler's underserved? Dazzler's everywhere. The the political ad for Dazzler was like, why would you vote, want to vote for a celebrity? You know, celebrities shouldn't be you know <laughs> running Krakoa. Uh, like Cannonballs was like, he doesn't even live here. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they were whoever ran those, like whoever did the the social media for that. Kudos, the, the stuff is very good. Yeah, it was good the first year they did it as well. They had like audio messages. Um, yeah, from the yeah. candidates. They had That's full right. Yeah. Video ads this time around, which I thought was good. I got to see those. I haven't seen them. It's good marketing. We'll find out who won in the Hellfire Gala that they will be doing once again. Um, I believe it's in July. Um, J- Jerry Duggan did tweet that the vote was very close. So interesting. Yeah, of course. Between Dazzler and Cannonball. Oh no! I think it's I think it's I think it's Jubilee, Dazzler, and Juggernaut. Hmm. I hope they reveal the actual yeah, like, results. You want you want to you want to do a recount? You want to you want to see the you want to make sure there's no voter fraud? You know, I get it, Sean. I get it. Surge isn't here, so I don't care anymore. I just I can't bring myself to care about this. Like the, I, and I think we said this last year. It's a year is too short. Yeah, yeah. Yep. In comics time, yeah. We just had that. The, I I've seen nothing from the last team. Granted, I, I don't I read think, Jerry Duggan's X Men. I think it depends <laughs> it on if, like Firestar leaves the team when the new member's there, because it's not necessarily like it is a new member, but like the original members didn't leave the X Men team after the second Hellfire Gala, you know. So. No, but but I think you have to have that time in between like a longer time in between because the the just the publishing cycle doesn't allow you for that flexibility you want four and then, year term limits sorry you want a four year term limit for your x-men i mean that makes sense and then you have at least like to think that even within a year you get 12 issues you might be lucky right delays and whatever that might be yeah. i uh 3 years 4 years you get Maybe a solid, I don't know, 20, 25 issues. That, that makes sense. I I also just don't really want to participate in who is on the X-Men anymore. It was fun the first time, but I would just like the creators to organically tell me who's on the X-Men. Like, let there be a story reason why someone new joins the team or why it rotates. Or maybe it just doesn't rotate. We don't, Why do we need this? Um, but it, but it, I guess it's fun. I don't want to be a party pooper, but I just I don't know. It's not for me. I just wish it, there was more time, you know. Yeah. More than one arc for you know the character, and that's not even counting the fucking events that they're in the middle of all the time. Recently. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Flo Dameron says they're still doing this. <laughs> they sure are, buddy. 
And we're sure still complaining about it. <laughs> I'm the only one who voted, so. Mm. Love that for you. Well, we're we're going into the fall of X event. We know that. Now we know that we are getting X-Men Before the Fall prequels. And there's something in here that is pretty big. So uh, I believe there are, what, four titles? Yep, four one-shots. We've got Before the Fall, Sons of X. That's by Cy Spurrier and Phil Noto. We've got, yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to be a Legion versus Nimrod story with Nightcrawler being a prisoner of Orcus. So how the hell do we get there? Cyspera just will not let this Nightcrawler thing go. <laughs> and, Phil Noto, and Phil Noto will not represent it well. Oh, To be fair, Cyspera won't either. So. Oh, my goodness. The savagery. Guys. I'm liking the, the, the book, but all right. Um, so that's one of them. We got this is this is the one. <laughs> I mean X-Men Before the Fall, Heralds of Apocalypse, number one. Al Ewing, Luca Pizzari. It brings Apocalypse back. Yeah, yeah, let's go. This is cool. Yep. Yes, please. And and we've got a little we got a little bit more detail on that that we'll get into in a moment. Before the Fall, Mutant First Strike. That's by Steve Orlando with art by Valentina Pinti. Gene uh, Gray, Cyclops, and Bishop will be in it. Uh, and then we've got Kieran Gillen and Paco Medina's Before the Fall, Sinister 4. And that's going to springboard out of Sins of Sinister. It's going to be about the clones um, that we already know about, um, if you've been keeping up with what's been going on. So... Um, Let's talk about Heralds of Apocalypse because this is the one that really has got the meat on it. Um, This is the solicit. Not seen since the shocking ending of Ten of Swords, Apocalypse and his family have battled for survival in the harsh land of immense. Do they rule over this twisted world or do its demonic inhabitants rule them? And how has Apocalypse felt about the choices the Quiet Council has made in his absence? Well, we know that the Quiet Council has gone to shit since Apocalypse left. Literally, shit. Yeah. So how can Apocalypse be cool with where things are now? Oh, he's not, homie. He's going to come in iron fist and be like, we got to clean this up. I don't know what you jokers are doing, but my iron fist is coming here, dude. Any euphemism? Um, I'm excited to see uh, Death again. I like that Doug guy. He's cool. Oh, oh, oh! Wait, you're ex- you said you're excited to see Doug? Death, the Death, oh, the Anubis-looking guy. Right. He's like yeah. a vampire now too. So sick. That's rad. This is yeah. what. Yeah, go ahead, Kill. I well, I have to imagine this is going to be the return of quote unquote villain apocalypse. Mm. Xavier and his clan messed all this shit up. Fuck it. Why yeah. is like clean? The dream is dead. Like, like yeah. the the it's no longer they're no longer on the same uh on the same level. They're not seeing eye to eye. And that was the whole agreement was 
cool. As long as we, we're good. Uh, we just read that for Hawksbox, right? Like as long as we're good and you commit to this, I'm, I'm okay being here and being on your side. But now that's out, that's out of the question. And also Magneto is not there to kind of be the middle, middle guy. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like humans have the ability to resurrect now. Like, I don't think he's going to care mm -hmm. much for that at all. Mm -mm. All right, let's go. Let's go. Uh, 10 of 10 of swords volume two. Let's do it. So that makes me wonder is the villain of fall of X apocalypse and the, uh, and the, you know, and the, um, the four horsemen or, you know, whatever, whatever they end up being now. Now I wonder if this isn't the fall, but then like a rebuilding in Apocalypse's vision. Uh, I think the fall of X isn't X-Men, it's Xavier, and Xavier is the villain. Huh. That's Seems a hot like perspective. Yeah, like where but but like are you saying the villain in the sense of the the he's literally centralized in the story as the as the problem with Krakoa, yeah. I don't know if he's not going to be, you know, Mr. Sinister villain, but I think they're going to realize his pragma his, his pragmatism is too single single focused and single visioned that he is the issue. I don't know if it's is like they kill, they kill him after it. I mean, call Scott Summers. He's done it once. Um, but, you know, like maybe voting him off the Quiet Council is how things resolve. Like Mystique already knows that Destiny knows there he's the issue. Magneto yeah. was Magneto knew he could be an issue as well. Moira knew he could be an issue. Everyone is gone from Krakoa that I just mentioned. So there's yeah. no checks and balances there. I uh, sometimes I feel like we're reading two different books. Dude, the most recent issue of Immortal X-Men. I mean, I, yeah, he's a sinister clone, but it still propped him up and his ideas as a problem. How? Because it was so you know, the, the fact that he could be like, he's like, oh, I can kill humanity off whenever I want. Um, I think. But he doesn't. I'll That's be the, honest. That was the whole point. Well, sure. But I also don't like Xavier. Yeah, I, I know <laughs> that. Like, <laughs> that's clear. I was I was trying to expose your bias. Oh, no need to. I'll expose my. Whoa, hold on. <laughs> I'll Finish expose that my own bias. I need, I need that clip. Caught, caught myself. <laughs> Uh, Hound's question. I dropped X-Men. Will this be worth jumping back in? Hard to say. I think anything Al Ewing does is worth reading in the X line. So there's that. Um, I think this book in particular will be good. I wonder if Apocalypse is really going to be central to the storytelling and fall of X. I wonder if we don't see a baton pass to Al Ewing being the uh, primary writer in the X room. And if that happens, then 100% my answer to you is yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Watch, this watch, uh, this is out in June. It's going to be great. Watch Xavier kill Apocalypse. Cool. Please. Please try to justify it like, oh. Yeah, it's very difficult to justify the killing of Apocalypse. Exactly, exactly. But we as the it's reader insane. know like, Apocalypse is right, kind of, you know. This is insane. How do you you don't even know what Apocalypse's point of view is? Uh, insane that Apocalypse, who is a mass murderer in your mind, is the hero, but the guy who is not a mass murderer is the villain. I guess I mean, I'm a mutant radicalist. <laughs> to be because in my to head, be I'm like, fair. It's, it's what's best for Krakoa. 
in my head. We've never had a uh, an apocalypse look at a 13-year-old Jean Grey and go, oh, but I love her so much. There well, we that go. is terrible, but I, I think I, to me, I put genocide above that. That's just me. Well, see, hey, listen, that's a, a question <laughs> of priorities to me. Frankly, I'd rather have a mass murderer on. T- <laughs> Wild. Um. <laughs> so yeah, uh, there. But we'll talk about we'll talk a little bit about the other ones as well. Um. So yeah, Sons of X has a solicit that reads: a man of innumerable personalities and powers versus the most artificial intelligence. In this universe, Legion versus Nimrod. With Nightcrawler and Orcus's clutches, David Holler and his allies will have to confront the mastermind who destroyed Warlock, whoa, and nearly took Krakoa with him. But Nightcrawler is not himself, and Legion's allies aren't all they seem to be either. Wait, Warlock's gone? Yeah, dude, that was news to me too. I'm not caught up with the... <laughs> so, huh. I didn't know Warlock was dead. Spoiler for That's I guess, a sinister thing uh, that has to do with him killing... Doug in the uh oh. the first issue. Xavier killing Doug. Was this Xavier? Right. Somebody did. Yeah. Mm, good point. Interesting. Huh. Weird. Um yeah, I I don't know. I just I can't really bring myself to care about what Cy Spurrier's been up to, unfortunately. Yeah, I think we're down on him. Uh just in just in general. I, have you kept up with uh the book, Tyler? I have, yeah. I like it. Yeah. It has that character in it too, that um that X Men, like I forget his name. Oh. I would love to help you, but that character who's an X Men, I mean, shoot, that's a sheet of two hundred plus. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I always see him, but then like I don't recognize him. It's weird. Mm. So Mutant First Strike is a deadly mutant attacks an innocent small town, but nothing is what it seems. Jean Grey, Cyclops, and Bishop are tasked with a routine mission, but as they dig deeper, they uncover a hidden truth that will send shockwaves through mutant kind. This looks like a Krakoan prostate exam on the cover here. So. Oh, my God. Let's <laughs> see how that works out. This cover looks cool. It kind of does, yeah. I mean, so, you always have, once you hit a certain age, Krakoa is of that age. You got you to gotta get checked out. So this is uh the the X Men team then, or just so. parts of the X Men team? I believe like the so. current lineup. I don't think Bishop's on the current lineup. Bishop is not. No, he's part yeah. of Marauders currently. Right. Um. Yeah. Another one where it's like, you know, concept sure, creative team. Yeah. Who's writer again? Jerry Duggan. Mm, uh, Steve Orlando. Oh, so yeah, I guess uh, this would be a continuation mm-hmm. of Marauders then. Yeah. Jerry yeah. Duggan, notably not on any of these books. So, um, and then the last one is the most uh, uh, mysterious before the fall. Sinister Four, number one, Karen Gillan, Paco Medina. Uh, in the aftermath of Sins of Sinister, all four Sinisters have been unmasked. They've gotten a taste of universal control, but their plans for mutant kind are just beginning. Well, my interest in Sinister is at its end, and it has been. Why is there more? Sins of Sinister is not it? We more? We know, we know of three of them, right? We know the diamond, we know the the spade, and the club. We don't know who the heart is yet. Right? We got the old one. We got the He's one we know. We got the one who was, you know, yeah, the gold uh, head. Uh, yeah, the, the yeah. one that one. 
That's all I can think of. Yeah. So there's a. Sin- I, I would assume the fourth sinister would have the heart. Uh, so good yeah. sinister. I don't know. Not if he's rolling with these ones. It seems kind of hard on his head, though. It can't be a bad guy. Yeah. Got to be a good guy. It's like a JoJo character with that kind of theme going on. Well, nice. it says it says uh, they've gotten a taste of universal control. So uh, if he's good, I don't know. Maybe maybe the fourth is just like the conglomerate of Earth now. Because you know how he's infected everybody? This would be after that. So I'm assuming we're done with that. But or I wonder if this could be the four as in Xavier, Emma, Hope, and... Uh, Purple dude. What's his name? Hmm. <laughs> um, Revelation. This something religious. I don't know. Yeah. yeah Eucharist. Oh, oh. I think his name is Eucharist. No, that's <laughs> unbelievable. That was for you, Cal. Yeah. Hey, Jesus cookies are this tasty, is a, so this is it. another one where I just I can't do sinister anymore. I just can't. Oh, Arbor um, Snake says it's Mother Righteous. She's a sinister? Interesting. I haven't gotten that far. No, that's the purple guy's name. No, Mother Righteous is the one that was on the Sons of X cover. She's in Seisberger's book or whatever. It's a thing. That's a person? Yeah. Oh. All right. Never mind then. So that's, yeah, that's it uh, for the announcements. I think it's clear which one we're most excited about. Apocalypse. uh, Come. That's hype. That's exactly what we've been waiting for. So I can't wait for that. The others, maybe we'll review them. You know. We'll see. One or two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Reminder. Next week. New. Well, not not new. Temporary start time. Just because we are having a special guest on the show. The show will be live on YouTube and Twitch at 1 p.m. Eastern. So I hope all of you show up because we will be interviewing Kelly Thompson. If you have questions for Kelly, the best way to get those in is to do it before the show, to reach out to us, leave us a comment, get on Discord and leave a comment there, whatever. If you're a member of Patreon, send us a direct message, Send you know, hit us up on the Discord. We will make sure to get your questions in if you ask questions live, we'll try to get to them, but we can only do so many, and it's hard for us to keep track of the chat while we're conducting an interview and work that in. So do your best to get your questions in early if you have them for Kelly. Make sure to come and watch it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Kelly's super talented, lots of great books, so this is not one you're going to want to miss. It's going to be really cool. Um, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash the comics pals three dollars a month you can access our newsletters marco's putting up all kinds of math and stuff i lose my mind when i see that (laughs) um but it's good it's quality you want to check this out marco goes a little bit deeper um that's what we like so good shit go deep marco goes deeper uh you can get access to our patreon exclusive show palling around where we talk about non-comics-related things in our personal lives and stuff like that. We're always having fun over there. Vote for the next book club and all the book clubs after that over on the Patreon page. And you get a shout-out on the show, which we did at the top. 
it was nice to add two people to that. Um, so if you if you subscribe at the I shall become a pal tier, you will get your name shouted out on the show every single week. Uh, and, and there's a lot of other cool stuff there, too, stuff we can't even talk about. So head on over there and uh, give it a gander. You, Our, do get, you do get secrets over there. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Sinister um, secrets. Yeah. So they can be sinister. They can be. Uh, our next book club is out on the 7th. So this Tuesday, we did Black Sad. If you're not familiar with Black Sad, you should definitely at least look it up. If it looks interesting to you, take a chance. Uh, I don't think you'll come away disappointed. Certainly not with the art. And the story's pretty good, too. So give it a whirl. And uh, come join us for the book club when we drop that on the 7th. Let's do the plugs. Um, Kale, you're up. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Comics Pals. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Toto in Toe. That's T-O-T-O-I and T-O-W. You can find my work at KaleWard.com. That's C-A-L-E-W-A-R-D.com. Oh, yeah. And uh, please do uh, share the show if you're into it. Uh, leave us a like. Drop a sub, anything like that. All that stuff helps us out a lot. Even a like. Like, whatever you can do is a huge help. Yep. Um, if you could do uh, a anything. review on uh, Apple Podcasts, yeah, that gets yeah. us uh, a big boost on whatever their garbage system is. Indeed. And uh, steal your parents' or your grandparents' phones, subscribe to them, to us, you know, make burner accounts. Do what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> make make this happen. Listen, we did that in the beginning, and it got us this far. Now we need you to do your part. <laughs> Marco, you're up. You can follow me at Mr. Marco Nomoto on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and Be Real. And uh, I'm still watching One Piece. That is my perpetual journey for the next, I don't know, few years, I guess. Uh, otherwise, yeah, come talk to me about the marketing stuff. Um, for anyone who was on the Patreon, uh, Leisberg. On uh, Discord, we had a good back and forth chat on it. I'm planning to put out in a subsequent one some just more data, more information. So, um, yeah, definitely just keep an eye out. Lasperge. Lasperge. Chandelier. Chard- what was it? Chard- Chardonnay? Sure. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Tyler? Uh, you could uh, follow me at the Tyler Olson on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can donate to uh, my political campaign as George Santos. Apparently, <laughs> um, apparently, I'm, I'm that guy. I I, uh, I I was producer of Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark. Um, uh, I wanted to to throw in a quick video, Sean. Can I throw that in here? Of uh oh oh oh. Uh, yeah. Let's save it. Save it. Let's okay. Save it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Give it. Give it yeah. time next week. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it's uh. Yeah, I don't. I had nothing really going on this week, to be honest. So, I've been catching up on comics. Caught up on Daredevil and Dark Knights of Steel. Very good book. I'm caught up on that. So. That's a lot of fun. That's a great it book. Is. Yep. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram only at Sean Soapbox. The Last of Us television show has been phenomenal. It makes me wish we were reviewing it. Uh, it is so so good. That third episode was just unbelievable, unreal. Anyone who's not watching The Last of Us, you really ought to be. This is appointment television right now. 
dude, they're even like putting on an episode during the Super Bowl. Like they have strong uh, faith in that show. Even they Game don't of care. Thrones took a week off for the Super Bowl. And I know what I'm gonna be watching. I'm gonna be watching The Last of Us. Wings. Oh, you can eat wings while watching The Last of Us. Oh, I guess so. I'm gonna eat like uh, mushroom poppers. Don't do shrooms, dude. Not not for the Super Bowl. It's gonna freak you out. Oh, the Super Bowl. Well, got it. Okay. The horror show, though. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's yeah, okay. fine. Unreal. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Join us next week when we interview Kelly Thompson live on the show, 1 p.m. Eastern on Twitch and YouTube. Until then, we're the Comics Pile signing off. Take care, guys. See you next week at 1 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> <laughs>